0: live. Shazam 2. Shazam. That's what we say when we start the show.
1: Shazam. Made $65.5 in its first two weekends, falling far, far short of the first Shazam film. Now that the dust has settled and the bitterness of the box office bomb is setting in, we're learning what went wrong with Shazam 2. Right from the director... David F. Sandberg and Shazam himself, Zachary Levi. We've also heard reports that The Rock, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson again, meddled with this movie behind the scenes and yet again harmed a Shazam film. Do you smell what I'm cooking? Smells like shit. <laughs> smells like, smells ego. like, smells like, sabotage. Smells like drama. Mm. Smells like my favorite time of the week. Welcome to the Comics Pals Podcast. I'm Sean. Joined this week, Full House, by uh, uh, Kale. What's up, hot dogs? Marco. Ear. Tyler. Well. <laughs> That's one way to introduce yourself. <laughs> That's only I, for Kale. and I any don't Sean think you can, there. I don't think you can do that. I can't. I don't think so. Does that summon something? It might. Alright. Well, you don't want to do that. Good vibes. You might uh you might uh provoke the fury of the gods. Oof. God, Ugh. So that one sunk like a rock. All right. Um <laughs> so Shazam's out. It hasn't done very well. Um everybody's talking about movie I don't know whether it was good or not obviously I haven't seen it the Rotten Tomatoes score is not great the oh, audience scores better but even that is you know you can't even really tell because um, these movies get review bombed you know non Zack mm-hmm. Snyder DC movies get review bombed and that's a problem that this movie did suffer but the blame game has begun which is my favorite part of a a dc movie underperforming every time sean likes a good pointed finger it's so fun yeah (laughs) i loved i love the drama it's it's exciting uh and so we're gonna get into it if you're if you're watching live do say hello uh love to hear from you all we've got a lot of show to do outside of this but we are we are going to be talking about the fallout of shazam 2 so movie does poorly Zachary Levi and David F. Sandberg have been all over social media this week. And I think the first shot really came from Sandberg because he was all over the map talking about how he knew this would happen. He knew, he knew that the movie was going to underperform. He said that, um, Hey, he was, he was like, this was so funny. He was like, at least I made my money up front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. He knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate. Like Shazam could have good movies. I think uh, this one wasn't yeah. bad. Oh, that's right. I forgot you saw it. We did a whole yeah. Marco
2: minute on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was good. I, I I think it's worth the watch at the very least.
1: Shame. It won't happen. <laughs> Uh so so yeah Sandberg said um you know he doesn't d- regret even for a second making the movies uh he talked about how he is disconnecting from the superhero discourse for now and that he's done making these for a little while um he said quote I wasn't expecting a repeat of the first film critically but I was still a little surprised because I think it's a good film oh well <laughs> yeah. 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 What do you say? Yeah. I mean, it's it 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 is it is a a bad look for him that the movie didn't do well. Um, you know, it might impact him in the future. We'll see. I gotta imagine he's got some sour grapes though. I have to imagine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I think I think him saying I saw this coming is him being as Polite as he could possibly be.
3: Right. Without, yeah, just going scorched earth over it. Um, I just had the Fury of the Gods if you're watching live. My uh, camera arm broke, and then my mic arm broke, (laughs) and I was just struggling with it on camera, so I had to turn my camera off.
2: You get for talking blasphemy about this
1: movie. Somebody struck me there. That was a double (laughs) whammy. So... Uh then Zachary Levi, who of course plays Shazam, of course he was all over the place um first of all, he retweeted or uh, on Instagram he shared an image uh from an article claiming that the rock had meddled in this movie that in fact the rock had prevented them from using characters from the Justice Society in the movie. In the uh in one of the after credit scenes. So um oh yeah. And oh. and Zachary Levi shared that and said, The truth shall set you free.
3: Wow. Didn't he say or or I read somewhere that it was like supposed to be like an after credit scene
1: of the JSA recruiting Shazam? Dude, why would you say that? I was trying not to. Oh, <laughs> spoiler! I, I have a I have a track. It I'm on. It didn't happen, so I don't think it's a spoiler if it didn't happen. I I have a I have a track. You know, storytelling. Right, well, you need to give me the whole script next time. Apparently, I like to yeah. dump it. Uh, I know that. Um, he so- likes to dump it. <laughs> it's uh, it's remarkable. So. So, uh, yeah, so Zachary Levi ended up doing a uh, an Instagram live where, first of all, this shit was erratic. I've never seen a guy so up and down emotionally. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you guys watch it? You watched it, Kale? I watched bits of it.
0: I I Zachary Levi is one of the most annoying people on the planet for me, <laughs> so I, I cannot handle too much of it.
1: Dude, when he started singing, I wanted to die. Like, please oh, shut up. Oh, God. <laughs> Theater kid style? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, brutal. The worst. Like, I just I never want to engage with that ever. It, you know what? Yeah.
3: Zachary Levi feels like a child in a man's body. Like, I know oh. that's what Shazam is, but like
0: just the whiniest piss, baby.
1: <laughs> so it, it was annoying and his emotions were all over the map. But He did talk about, you know, what has happened in the the wake of Shazam doing poorly. And he basically, without saying anybody's name, confirmed the report um, that The Rock had meddled. And listen, from the first Shazam, that Black Adam was supposed to be in it. And The Rock said no. The Rock said no, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to do two separate movies. And I think, and I think it's a pretty commonly held opinion now, that Shazam was hurt by the fact that Black Adam wasn't in it. And Black Adam was hurt by the fact that Black Adam wasn't in Shazam.
3: Not going to work for me, brother. Dwayne Johnson.
1: He's on his Hogan shit 100%. He is absolutely in his Hogan era. The Hollywood part of Hollywood Hogan. The Hollywood Hogan. We are seeing Hollywood Rock right now, a revival
0: lived long enough to see himself become the villain. Indeed. It would have been a totally different movie.
1: Had had The Rock been in the first it's, one. Yeah, it's also like... Or
2: even the second
3: one. Like, it it just... Not not the tone. Shazam also, like, does not have the biggest rogues gallery of well-known characters. So, like, them just saying, all right, your main one? Nah, nah we're not doing that. That's like saying, like, I don't know if... Captain America was like, you know what? I don't think we should do Red Skull. You know, Batman, ah, Joker. No, uh, we're not going to touch
1: on Joker. It just makes no sense. You, you say think? no to Red Skull. Who's next? Batroc the Leaper. Well,
3: oh, I'm a, a Batroc fan, so don't
1: don't get me started. I know GSP. GSP is great. Yeah. So yeah, so they took they took Shazam's biggest enemy from him. They put him up in this one. Against three, you know, geriatrics, generic people. Yeah. And, and and you know, all credit to those actors. That's completely fine. And there's nothing wrong with them. It's just that, you know, we know who Shazam's villains are. Can you can we see them? You don't have to create new concept. I think they're new concepts. I'm not sure. But you don't have to you don't have to, like, bend over backwards. Just give us what we expect to see. Um, they didn't do that and so this is what we now know about The Rock Um, The Rock did not want a Justice Society presence in this movie because they had just used those characters in Black Adam and apparently The Rock is intent on segregating the Black Adam character from Shazam as much as possible you said Adam at the end there <laughs> amazing um so yeah i mean that's that's pretty much that's pretty much the long and short of it um which, which but... is weird cuz
2: if i guess i guess at that point he just wasn't interested in integrating the universe you know
0: like why yeah his like, part of it you know who the fuck is this guy <laughs> like, or, or like... i just decided you can't use these characters in somebody else's movie
2: yeah right like he's like, it, yeah, it would connect his stuff even better at that point as well. like you'll you'll have the the cohesion of, oh, Black Adam followed up by Shazam too. oh, this got pulled in. like that's interesting like, you could try to pull people into the next movie with that because
1: they're related. This they should be related, yeah. I mean the the end credit scene as it stands has some relationship to uh black adam but it's way less obvious than it would have been had there been jsa characters there and quite frankly that makes a lot of sense if you saw black adam or if you just know the jsa it seems to me like shazam would make sense as a part of that group or you know in relationship with them So to just not do it when that was the plan to do, it's like how much can you screw with a franchise? But my other thing is like,
3: how much, like, how does The Rock have this much sway? Is he just like physically intimidating? Like he's not anywhere in a position of power outside of a starring role and a producer of that movie.
1: How was he able to just throw his weight around like this? So we have to think about the fact that this this is a movie that's been in production obviously for a while. And if you go back a year ago, if you go back, you know, before the Black Adam release, Mm. um, The Rock had a lot more stroke. The Rock had a ton more uh, of a position of power. There were talks of him even spearheading the future of the DCU, being an integral part of that puzzle. Mm. So a guy who has that, in my mind, yeah, he can make some, some, um, some demands, and people acquiesce to keep him happy, even if he's faking it. <laughs> like, right. And this is the insane. old. This is the old regime. These people yeah, couldn't so. say no to anybody. Yeah. Man, I should have pitched something. You should have. But that, that yeah. little worm guy never pulled through. No. Yeah. your mind. What was that about? Teases. They should yeah, they should have followed up on that. I don't I don't understand why they just left that on the cutting room floor. But um yeah, The Rock just can't stay out of it. And apparently um this has turned more of the Warner Brothers discovery behind the scenes group against The Rock. So I have a feeling this will be the last time we hear about a new, you know, rock situation when it comes to DC. I think that that relationship is done. Good. Did you see what else uh, Zachary Levi tweeted
3: about? No, I guess not. Go ahead. Uh he tweeted that uh let me let me get the exact quote here. Um somebody tweeted at him saying, uh, Zack Snyder fans were happy for the failure of your film oh. as like a sort of punishment punishment for Warner Brothers not pursuing the Snyder Cut. Um and Zachary Levi uh quote tweeted it saying This is also true, sad but true. How much that actually affects the box office is anyone's guess. But I think the biggest issue we're having is marketing. Uh, This is a perfect family movie, yet a lot of families aren't aware of that. Um, And then he deleted that because he kicked off Snyder fans. She's such a whiny
1: piss, baby. (laughs) Yo. He was, yeah, in in the Instagram live, he talked a lot about that. He talked about Snyder fans who have, you know... I mean, I don't know. It's like they didn't go see the movie. You didn't make their money. What were they going to go see it? Like they weren't going to go see it. So it really doesn't matter. I think from a review bombing standpoint, yes, that's a factor. But look, the Shazam one didn't light the world on fire. Mm. You know, it was it was okay. It wasn't it wasn't a bad movie. And I can't comment on the quality of the second one. I've heard a lot of people like it. But word of mouth coming out of the first Shazam wasn't exactly you missed the boat on this. Man. This was incredible.
0: The best most people say is, "Wow, what a cool Christmas film!"
1: Yeah, sure. And 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 I think and I think Zachary Zachary is correct in the sense that Warner probably could have pushed the family aspect more. It is weird that they don't seem to really talk about that, even though it's the Shazam family yeah. and those characters are all on Front Street, but they don't expressly state that. Th- this seems. So, scene-
3: The release of this film seemed like a very strategic thing money-wise. It was, hey, we can release this movie and we can get enough money from it to justify releasing it, but we don't need to increase the marketing budget because then we wouldn't be making money anymore. It it felt like, all right, we're not doing anything more with this. This isn't going to matter, you know, once James Gunn takes over, but we can at least
1: make our money back if we release it. But I, I mean, every time I have the TV on, I see I see a commercial. Yeah, I, I'm seeing it. It's just that I you, don't so care about it. You see, you it. see
3: and the Shazam, like ads and stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Every time I, I, I have
3: on,
0: I don't on, watch I see it.
1: cable, so I don't really see it.
0: It's everywhere over here, for sure.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think the messaging is 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 incorrect. I do agree with Zach that they should be targeting families, but also families have adults in them who. Probably know that the movie's not for them. Mm. So I I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to say where that shakes out. But I think making it about the Snyder fans is just not a good look because your movie should stand on its merits. You yeah. know, Snyder fans didn't stop uh uh the Batman from doing amazing, you know, which is not a you know core Zack Snyder film because Batman fans went and took a look so I think that's BS but the rock is just just the worst legit in my mind right he'll turn on the human being Dwayne yeah. Johnson at this point yikes that so, Roman reigns yeah.
3: match is never happening no
1: no this was well, the he,
0: last year he might need it to uh get back into the popular
3: he just needs to go back to Disney. They seem to like him, and they know how to control their actors. So, like, he has no real sway. And like, just do Drunkle Cruise 2. Keep, keep yeah. doing that stuff.
1: Some That's family where I movie. like you. It's it. Stay over Easy. there. And I, I sincerely hope this is the end of DC's era of giving power to uh, actors and producers. I, I, it has to end. It's, and I'm saying yeah. actors and producers, not actor producers. Right. Mm. actor producers that's the worst but the, <laughs> the prior regime of DC's problem was that there were too many people whose agendas felt needed to be served too many producers who have production companies that are making huge money whether these movies succeed or not so of course you're going to push your own agenda it keeps you locked in and you're making money regardless it, it's wild how spineless a studio felt
3: You know, yeah, yeah. Like I legitimately feel like I could have walked over there and pitched something. And you know, if you get like an actor to to be like, yeah, this sounds good, you could have had
1: something made at that point. But unless it was Batgirl. Oh well. Yeah. It's 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 embarrassing. It really is. James Gunn has a lot of work to do to redeem Warner Brothers Discovery in DC at this point because. For all the stuff that's happened at Marvel over the years, and we're gonna talk about some of that a little bit later. When have you ever seen this? No, they keep that shit tight,
3: like tightly wrapped. Yeah, yeah there's no drama, or at least there's no okay. perceived drama. The, the most was su- like Scarlett cut, Johansson, yeah. I think, uh, back you know, like during like the pandemic
1: about the oh, yeah, and her stuff, movie? Like, yeah, her movie yeah. came yeah.
3: out,
1: and even that was. About I think wasn't that not about uh payment? and that was about, about payment yeah, for yes. so, like whatever, so,
3: and then like her Tower of Terror movie and stuff. Yeah, right. So Which okay, think, that's yeah. not a
1: not a great look, but we're not talking about like just the yeah. the the studio bending over backwards for random people. Yeah, and and I don't think this was what was happening by any means. But the uh, the original uh, Edgar Wright's Ant Man, right? Mm. That didn't happen. Because Edgar Wright wanted to make Edgar Wright's Ant-Man, and Marvel wanted him to make Ant-Man. Yeah. And whether we like that or not, Marvel is saying in those moments, no, we control our own movies. Yeah. I'm still hoping an Edgar Wright Marvel movie
3: comes out eventually. But Nah. As a side note, do you think uh, Warner Brothers is kicking themselves in the ass for not releasing Batgirl, where their main villain was Oscar winner? <laughs> Uh, Brendan Fraser like no 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 all right
1: I don't think I don't I was watching I don't an, an interview with him
3: on Howard that would happen a couple I, weeks back
0: but. I don't I don't even think those same people are there at it's this fair. point yeah. to regret that
1: like well they, this the, the the shelving of that happened in the WB discovery with era the Lab, so right? yeah. they are there but they've yeah. all said this movie was unreleasable in in you know, on the big screen.
3: It, it, and we're in agreement that Zaslav is a fourth dimension imp, right? Like if you just get him to say his name, he just disappears.
1: I mean, I love the idea of that.
3: Yeah. I think that's if funny. you look at it in writing, it's it's right there with Mix-a-plit-a-luck, or whatever you pronounce it. All
1: right, but Zaslav's name is a lot easier to say. Uh, point taken.
0: Um
3: what about Aquaman three? <laughs> Two? Two, two. Is that
2: yeah. again?
3: I the second heard... one was the Johnny Depp trial. Yikes!
0: <laughs> I've heard that the um, uh, the early reviews of it are like it's like worse than unwatchable.
2: Yeah. yeah. No.
3: And I wonder if that's because they had to like minimize Amber Heard's role. role in it post production.
1: Well, I've I've read even before the johnny depp stuff that they were going to cut her from aquaman 2 because she was not well received from in the first one Mm -hmm. um and then post-trial it seems like they diminished her role even more because of the public perception which has shifted now i think that's a weird way to edit a movie you're gonna remove her from the equation almost entirely but we can have a whole movie dedicated to the the, the global terrorist Ezra Miller. Like, normally I'm not one to, you know, really get in the muck yeah. about stuff like that, but that's a weird, yeah. that's a weird one. That's not a good look. A lot of bad decision-making. A lot of bad decision-making decision on DC's part. And it might bite them in the ass when James Gunn's Superman came out. We talked about it last week or whatever week it was. I said, Snyder fans matter in the sense that they do have some sway. And you can't alienate that whole crowd and then also alienate the crowd of rational, reasonable people. Better films. Because if this one sucks, uh, allegedly, right? And then the Flash, let's say the Flash is okay. And then Aquaman sucks? What's the momentum going into um, There is none. the new regime? Yeah, there is the, the nothing they have to do. The, crazy press to fix
3: that.
2: Th- those people, though, are already going to have like, a bad taste in their mouth without having seen the movie. So, like, uh, let's say Shazam was better than what it was. Uh, that Flash comes out to be really, really, a really good film. Then they're not going to be interested in it anyway because it also hurts them. Like there's no appeasing the Snyder crowd. I don't think uh, that makes it worth focusing on it. Like you, for them, you just put the movie out because they're going to come. They're they're either going to decide I'm not going to watch it because it's Inherently bad because Snyder's not attached, or
1: I'm going to complain about it again without watching. I I'm not saying that they need to appease them. I'm saying that you can't alienate that audience and also the other crowd. Like it feels like they're alienating everybody. Mm. The Snyder stuff they can't control. Right, right. But I also think that people involved in making movies should not be talking about segments of the audience it's weird why are you bringing them up i don't i don't understand the logic let that shit go you got a main actor who's going yeah. on instagram live talking about how a segment of the audience impacted the the, the movie's numbers
3: yo nothing good ever happens on
1: instagram live <laughs> i beg to differ <laughs> all right i gotta see who hey, Sean's following then
3: <laughs> Um, it's just wild to me that that one of the most well-known movie studios in the history of cinema, Warner Brothers, um, the 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 reins of one of the most important divisions of that studio is in the hands of the director of Slither.
1: Like that is <laughs> it's like, what? Shocking. OK. Yeah. Uh, Manny asks, why would a past regime perception be held of a new regime? Because the public doesn't know about a new regime. They know about movies. You know, mm-hmm. you show them a DC character in a DC branded movie. They think, OK, well, this is DC. You know, it's not like James Gunn is on Entertainment Tonight and CNN, you know, wherever they put that type of stuff. <laughs> and he's not on the press tour of these channels. Informing the general audience about this new direction, I don't even think they need to do that right now. I think if Let, they are going to do yeah. that, save that for before Superman comes out. Agreed. Yeah. Let yeah. these movies do yeah. whatever they're going to do.
4: Yeah. And but I think that's definitely what will
1: happen. Right. People lump in like Morbius and movies like that with like Marvel Studios movies all the time. In mm-hmm. my personal yeah. life,
0: yeah,
3: people yeah. do that.
1: So all the morbid time,
3: yeah. And,
0: I mean, not only, you know, with what Sean's talking about with, like, the general audiences, but you also have the people in the know, you know, the Snyder fans who, I mean, are going to review Bomb. They're going to, you know, go out and do uh, all the shit they're going to do, but they're also going to tell people. right?
2: Yeah, that's the big thing. Like, even the the shit we've done posting just advertising that Jeff Johns is gonna be on we we get blasted mm-hmm. and imagine for something that has more of scale and reach at that point like the the numbers are endless there
1: yeah it's they're they're a horde yeah and those they bots have are families Sorry? I said those bots are strong <laughs> yeah they they're they've got bots too they've got they've got more than WBd apparently yeah they have the, the, the campaign uh st- structure that WBD wishes they had. They've those got it all. They
0: got those Russia level bots. Yeah,
1: it's beautiful. Uh, I mean, not really. I I despise it. <laughs> Classy Elise says, let's bring back Jeff Johns. I agree. I agree. But then again, Jeff Johns was also uh responsible for um Wonder Woman 2. So, you know, not the best. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that uh they have to focus on wrangling and controlling their their creatives. Warner Brothers does. Get these NDAs up, get these get write these contracts better to where Zachary would never go on Instagram live and mention anything. Anything. Yeah. It's a bad look. Talk, <laughs> talk about hey, yeah, go see the movie. If you enjoyed it, tell your friends. You know, yes, it is a family movie that families will enjoy. Say all that. Don't come off like a baby.
3: You don't see Florence Pugh talking about the production of Hawkeye drama, you know, in her. Well, life. you just see her cooking, which is listen some of the best stuff on the Internet. That's not even
0: when she's cooking. Um, you do, though, see Anthony Mackie going around talking about how uh, uh, impossible it is to read the script set. Marvel. Yeah,
1: that's a love that? tap. <laughs> yeah. A little love tap. And, and I think Marvel probably doesn't like that. I, I really can't think of a a primary, maybe not even a secondary, Marvel actor who has, like, spoken out against the studio. Mm. Yeah. Tell all. Ooh, and he's Captain America did... now, so he knows he's a
3: little, he's he's safe. <laughs> when, and, uh... and
1: even that's a small jab.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's an understandable jab. I mean, like, that's part of how they keep things locked right. down. It's like, you don't even get the whole script. Yeah, Which I got to imagine is unbearable as an actor but
2: <laughs> yeah 20 years from now when the mcu like starts to ramp down if it does 20 you mean you mean next month <laughs> but you get that tell all where they just start interviewing like doing roundtable interviews nope. on like how shit happens i don't know man. not happening at not some point the, mouse the contract has to no.
3: end dude no
2: that, that nda has to expire
3: in 20 years from now we're gonna be taking mouse pills
1: that uh, uh that give us nostalgia hits <laughs> I'm with that. I'm definitely with that. Gardner spoke out about what? I mean, she didn't talk about, you know, working, how, the the pains of working at Marvel, did she? Who? Scar- Scarlett Johansson.
3: No, and she didn't even story? talk out, really. It was more like just behind the scenes stuff that leaked. I don't think yeah. she ever even spoke openly spoke out about it.
1: Yeah, unless you know differently from me, I don't remember seeing, like, commentary on her part about Marvel Studios being tough to work for or any anything. Of that nature, yeah, I, I was um, a little more
3: tapped into it uh, because I wanted that Tower of Terror movie, but
1: <laughs> Disney adult. So that's that's <laughs> us closing the book on on Shazam too. You know, um, this era of DC is winding down. I was really hoping that they could sort of start to write the ship, um, and this did the exact opposite. I think. This fallout is almost as bad as the fallout of Black Adam, t- Black Adam. And it can't be that every time your movie comes out and doesn't do so hot, people just start chirping. It's not not a good look. So.
0: Yeah, it's this this fallout feels like Black Adam, the fallout part two.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, There's something small that I really want to touch on. Um I heard that before. Have you? <laughs> yeah my man just got divorced <laughs> <laughs> oh man um every time that a DC movie comes out and every time one doesn't do well David Ayer, the oh, director man. of the first suicide squad movie, oh boy, rises out of the crypt like a ghoul <laughs> to remind people that there's an air cut that exists. And that the fiends at Warner Brothers and DC chopped his movie up, and they reanimated it and put it back together, and made it, you know, weird uh, Frankenstein's monster of a film. I agree <laughs> with that. Says, Catherine says a Rachel Ghoul. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Check uh, check Tyler's Twitter for for more context on that. Um, So, but this time, I actually sympathized with David Ayer, and I was like, man, that's the movie that I wanted. So this is what he said in a quick tweet. The script issue was having Steppenwolf and the Parademons stripped out prior to production. Enchantress was was under the control of a mother box and opening a portal to Apocalypse. This was all cut early in prep. That was a hard loss. If you remember, hold on. If you remember, Suicide Squad 1 has Enchantress as the main villain. She goes nuts and she's trying to like end the world. Yeah. But there's no real reason. Like it's all like this just tied into ancient history and all this like weird mumbo jumbo to where the Suicide Squad become the heroes of a story that has no story. It's just. Oh, yeah, she's doing this for reasons. The Suicide Squad have to stop her because, you know, what are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad? <laughs> and, I thought that was and, a line. <laughs> and, yeah, and that, and that was that. This version of the movie ties it into the wider DCU, giving it a reason to exist. It includes Parademons as like um, a, a sub-level antagonist for the Suicide Squad to fight. And you get a little tease of Steppenwolf. But the main villain's Enchantress. I think that makes a lot more sense. I don't. Oh, okay.
3: I don't want uh, 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 new gods in my Suicide Squad. You know what I mean? Like,
1: Well, the idea wasn't for him to be in, like, in the movie, in the movie. Sure, the idea-
3: sure. Yeah, I mean, there, I think there was, at one point, a Parademon who was either a member of the Suicide Squad or a Secret Six member. So I guess there's precedent for it. But, like... That wasn't the issue with the movie. Like <laughs> the issue with the movie is that it was a David Ayer movie, or apparently not. Apparently, according to him, I I really hated that movie. I have strong opinions on that. We we've seen that. If we uh, we should do like a necro review of that movie.
2: I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen the first one. Necro review. Yeah, we just revive it.
3: Maybe we should. Maybe we should lead the lead the charge. On the Suicide Squad. Oh, I would love to write the Suicide Squad.
0: No, 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 no. I mean for the air cut.
3: Oh, you we
0: should be the front line
3: podcast
0: for David air.
3: Hashtag. He is our general
0: and we are his privates. Hold on a second. Oh,
3: I don't know. That sounds like a a wrong, a wrong uh side to be on, honestly. Like a suicide mission or something.
1: Well, we're we're not a suicide squad. What are we, some kind of comics pals? That's what I thought we were. So, we've got a lot more show. We're going to be talking about uh, a huge, huge exit from Marvel Studios. Um, we're going to be talking about Free Comic Book Day. I have some thoughts on Free Comic Book Day. I have some thoughts on DC. And what they're charging for the new Superman comic. And of course, we're going to be presenting part four of our deep dive into Alan Moore's Twilight of the Superheroes. I have a big surprise. Ooh, I have a Alan big Moore? surprise. Alan Moore? He's here. Dude, what if he apparated behind me? Oh, I can see it. Uh, that'd be horrifying. And then what if he had like a giant like cloak on and he just engulfed me? Yeah, and I was gone. This
3: stream would just look like one of those like pandemic era horror movies that they just had to film their Zoom, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there, there was one that looked kind of good that I wanted to see. That yeah. there was one that looked pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a lot of show to do. If you are enjoying it so far, make sure that you hit that like button for us. We really appreciate that. If you're watching live or later on YouTube, uh, follow if you are watching on Twitch. That really helps us out a lot. You can give us your Amazon Prime, your Twitch Prime, rather, free sub over on Twitch if you like. You can also give us just your regular sub if you're so inclined. But either way, that helps us out a ton. On YouTube, Super Chats are open. If you do want to be a Super Chatter, that's going to be something that we, of course, read on the air. Um, So we appreciate all the support. Plenty of other ways to support the show as well patreon.com slash the comics pals is the absolute best way to do that where for as little as three dollars a month which is less than the price of kale
0: oh you got me again damn it
1: this
3: Apple keyboard
1: uh, oh yeah definitely those things are way too expensive yeah it's it's uh oh yeah it is it is less than the price of that yes yeah, yeah. absolutely um you get access to our newsletter. You get access to our exclusive show, Palling Around, which is a lot of fun. We just recorded what I thought was a really good one uh, this past week, and it's out now. So you can check that out. Uh, you get to vote in our book clubs. So we just, well, we're putting out the Far Sector Book Club. That's coming out the first Tuesday of April, which is April 4th. Um, And you get a superhero or supervillain nickname and a shout-out on this very podcast. So, I want to say thank you so much to Thunderstruck, Rebecca Alejandro, the Night Stalker, Harris, Dajinski, Brian, Demolisher del Pozo, random Rocio, Kefis, the incorruptible, the great destroyer, hyper Viper 89 momentum, Mike Elliott, Starcross, cross, Catherine stars, the hound of justice, atomic hound, Dan, the truth, Trudeau and Joel justice. We have a lot of people uh, uh, consumed with truth and justice. Needs some more We're villains members of our Patreon.
3: Sorry? People need to sign up so we can make more villains. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: In this city of heroes, what would we what would we fight? We need some villains. Maybe a city of villains. Ooh. Ooh.
1: I like that. Sounds like fun. <laughs> I feel like never mind. <laughs> never mind. Okay. Um uh, <laughs> all right. Join us live on YouTube and Twitch every single Saturday at 10.15 a.m. for the main show, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Pulls. What did we review this week? Oh, Race Ra- al Ghoul. One bad day. Yep. Dr. Strange. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Great Go week that out. for big capes and weird mustaches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we're going to be interviewing Jeff Johns next week. Get ready. Come on. This upcoming Saturday, we're going to be interviewing Jeff Johns at a special start time. We are going to be starting at 1 p.m. Eastern. So that's April 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern. We had to give Jeff some time to, you know, get his group beauty rest, um, you know, drink a uh, drink a Coke, uh, maybe eat some cereal, drive on over to the Warner Brothers lot set up, and then come chat with your boys. That should be a lot of fun. If you want to partake in the Jeff Johns Geiger giveaway, we are giving away a copy of the Geiger trade. All you have to do is follow us on Twitch, subscribe on YouTube. Both of those are free. Leave us a comment or a question for Jeff Johns anywhere that you can find us. We will put your name into a randomizer, and we will decide, or the randomizer will decide, Live on the air, who the winner is. If we can verify you, we will send you a copy of Geiger. That's simple. Geiger. Those are the only rules. So join us for that. It's gonna be a big day. We're really excited about it. Come hang out when we do interview Jeff Johns. We really are hoping for a groundswell of support. Um, and, and you guys are the key to that. Help us, help us counteract. The uh, the Snyder Bros, if you will, help mm. us fight. Good them. luck. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna
3: Is be this, in those uh, moderation wait, tools like those, crazy that day. Those yeah. would be the
2: villains. A city of villains? The just a city full of Snyder Bros.
0: Listen, if they subscribe, yeah, they can absolutely be villains.
2: <laughs>
0: does that does that mean that we're choosing a side? Have we chosen a side? No, because um, Sean's
1: a Snyder fan. Uh, I'm on the side of not being a dick online. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly where I am. <laughs> well those yeah, those are the those yeah. are the battle the battle yeah. lines. To be yeah, a dick. So in or that, to not in be that a sense, dick. I've chosen a side. Love Zack Snyder's movies. I'm way into them. I'm bummed out that the, the 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 Snyder Justice League trilogy is only airing in Cali. It's only in two Cali theaters. It's a very special low key event. I was looking forward to being able to go in New York, but that ain't happening. So but yeah. To stumpy a dick online. That's all. All we ask. Kale. Yo. Last week, we hit a thousand subscribers. Oh, shit. And that means that you owe us, you owe the audience a backflip. Now, are you prepared to present said backflip as you said you would be last week? I am not. However,.
0: However, what I have done is I have made preparations. I have, for his untimely death, for my untimely death, you gotta uh, well, a receipt you know. here for one session, one adult session at Ooh. the Liverpool Trampoline Gym and Gymnastics Academy.
3: An adult session? What are we doing there? And, well, hopefully some, learning some how to rope, go for some, some rope stuff?
0: <laughs> I'm lucky it'll be some rope stuff.
1: Okay, so basically what you're saying is you will be prepared to hit this backflip. Well, not next week because that's Jeff Johns week, but the week after. My promise to you, Sean, as my boss,
0: (laughs) as my friend, as my colleague, and to our listeners, Snyder Bros alike, and maybe also Jeff Johns. Gail Simone, don't even worry about it. There will be one American backflip on this Ooh, show American. within the next two weeks. American backflip, that's right. I'm looking forward to it. My favorite wrestler, the American backflip. No one's forgotten. No one's trying to get out of it. We are trying to do it safely.
1: Sean <laughs> so, so brought that up. I'm like,
3: I didn't get any footage. What the fuck? What am I going to do? <laughs> if it working. doesn't
1: work, in a sense that you know the backflip goes awry. I would still like the footage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let Jess
2: know. Whatever the results, we want the footage.
3: Yes. I mean... We're <laughs> owed a backflip. No I'm one ga- said it
1: had to be successful.
3: Marco, you have you Jess's have, you have yes, yes, contact, that's right? That's a great point. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Point. Okay, all right,
1: cool. I didn't even think about
0: that, to be honest, because I'm not the type of person that will mess it up and not get up and do it again. Unless... I can't get up and do it again
1: i don't want i don't want your you to be injured yeah yeah. i don't want that but i want my footage regardless of the outcome now if a tragedy should befall you then that will be your last time on the show and people (laughs) will remember you i mean as long as you got the neck up working you can still be on the show Dude, we yeah. could go viral off that. Yeah. Are you kidding me?
0: I could Stephen Hawking the rest of the yeah exactly show for oh the rest of my life. Yeah. Oh,
3: hello, welcome to the. I will I won't. Oh do my that. god! No. Do that? No. I won't do that. <laughs> what? All right. I derailed the show again.
1: Damn it! Dude, that is just that was, just, that was good. Damn. That is wrong. <laughs> that is so wrong. Don't ever do that again. Do it again. Um. <laughs> that's how I dirty talk in bed. <laughs> So, well hey not for long you keep wearing those shirts i guarantee oh yeah this will do it that'll do it yeah (laughs) just messing with you uh hey marco what are you
2: drinking out of buddy oh i'm drinking out of my comics pals mug which arrived unfortunately not not intact like tyler's but i was was gonna gonna
1: say yeah you probably asked the wrong person christ dude don't (laughs) say that just say you got, you know, you were trying to make it special. You're
2: but deep. should something happen to yours, uh, you are able to go ask for a refund. They will resend you things. So, you know, uh, we have that insurance policy.
3: You got so you have a mug coming and you just got a, a nice uh planner for uh for a plant.
2: Oh yes. Oh, yeah. oh, that's not a bad idea. Probably just, I, was yeah. gonna, I was gonna still use it as a cup. I'm still using it as a cup, frankly. I and I then I got uh my, my Marcos muck hole magnet, which I was particularly excited about. And I got the sticker set, which hasn't arrived yet, but is forthcoming.
0: Catherine Catherine points out that Marco's uh, mug—it's the special kale edition.
1: It's slightly broken upon (laughs) landing. Yo, (laughs) that's good. Do you want to get up here and do the show because uh, some of your jokes are hitting better than ours? Definitely
3: on fire today. I hope you go full scorpion. Like, I hope you're okay. But like, like a nice kale scorpion (laughs) video would be hilarious. Like when
0: you're f- I'm gonna do, I'm do I'm gonna do a backflip
3: like I have tra- I'll yeah, I, happen yeah, yeah like if I if I ever said I had to do a backflip I've never done one in my life um into a pool on a trampoline never so
0: yeah no I haven't either really okay. that's why I'm going to a trampoline academy to learn how to
1: do it all right you so know land properly that's right if something bad were to happen to kill uh-huh. I know of one person one person I can think of in particular who would be devastated by a tragedy befalling Kale. Blake. Yeah. Nah, Blake's not a person. Your wife?
4: Oh. Maybe. I mean, First he's not of a all. Per-
1: <laughs> he's not a person. He's a dog. You know? He's a valued member of the family. 100 percent You will address him as so. But not a not a human, not a person. Uh-huh. And you know, your wife, listen, I'm sure, you know, she'd be devastated, but you know. She'll um exactly. Uh, but the person that I'm referring to. Is and long time listeners will know who I'm talking about. My aunt's co worker, <laughs> no, <laughs> my aunt's co worker, who only he basically he reaches out to her to tell me to get on the phone, <laughs> yep, so that he can <laughs> basically like how we were either right or wrong about our opinions of a Marvel movie,
0: tremendous.
1: And Steven? I have to sit yes, Steven, yes. That's I it. have to sit on the phone and listen to this. And the best part about it is that he doesn't listen to anything else. He only listens to the reviews. But <laughs> this week, my aunt asked me, Hey, did you see Shazam? Because Steve Steven was asking if you guys saw Shazam. He was wondering where the review was. And I said, No, we didn't see it. And then she said, Oh, yeah. And he said his favorite pal is Kale.
0: Wow. Wow. Listen. Tyler, didn't you tell us the other yeah, day? Yeah,
3: my friend Kevin, Also a also big yeah. kale fan.
1: Is are we in a in a in a kale renaissance? Is kale going to be pal of the year for twenty
0: twenty three? No, no, no. I have a no. silent, a silent but dedicated mm. underground following. Yeah.
4: Mm.
0: It's it, a it's, it's a a cult following. It's not really. They wouldn't back me up ever. No, no, no. but they do agree
3: with me. I it's see. A, it's a, I it's a, a, it's a, it's a, it's a fandom of jaded moviegoers.
0: Yeah. I would yeah. never rely on them in a fight. Oh, no, no, no. no. But I know that they're in spirit.
3: <laughs> Unreal. Well. Show them. What's, uh, what's the, your, your, your aunt's co-worker's friend's last name? Is it Wolf? Mm. Stephen Wolf. Uh, a famous, uh, DC character that was supposed to be in, uh, Suicide Squad.
0: Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm stealing one from
3: the chat there. Man, all right. that, I think oh, that, was like
1: that was a Ulysses. Yeah, I joke think that's where that should have <laughs> stayed. Uh, well, Manny, Manny. we're giving Manny. the listeners their say now, so why don't we read some listener comments? Ooh, that's oh, you. Oh, I love you, Dan, but this is a lot. Um, I do uh, this. <laughs> Wait, his is not longer than Matt's. Oh, I thought that was all
3: one because he didn't was there wasn't a a break there. Okay, hold on. Dan Trudeau said, I cannot believe companies are doubling down on variant covers again. Were the 90s really that long ago? Are foil covers and poly bags around the corner? That speculator bubble cratered the industry, and I don't know if it could take a hit like that again. They know this will end badly, but they're just barreling forward.
1: You know, um, we've talked a lot about variant covers. We're going to do a, a, a big topic about them at some point, but yeah. I completely agree. I think variant covers are one of the major, major problems of the industry. We know it for a fact. It's not conjecture. At Comics Pro this year, that was one of the major talking points. And one of the things that was hailed was actually, I believe, boom, scaling back their variant cover policy. So it, it is an issue. As far as um, polybags and foil covers go, I've been seeing those two things since I started reading comics. So yeah. they never went anywhere. They are ramping back up, though. DC loves their foil covers. Marvel, not not as much. are we getting specifically those holographic
3: gold metallic ones for DC? It was like a, like a nineties, in like a month sure. now.
1: Did that? I think that might have happened.
3: Okay, but, but it was very recent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like Joe Quinones was doing art on them.
1: Yeah. That the 90s these revival covers, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So it's an issue, and like,
3: the comic shops can't really do anything about it because they need those to justify and and but then they need to buy a lot of you know issues to so it's yeah I would love yeah. to talk to a comic shop guy specifically about that just uh
1: to... oh, cool well I uh, I might have some news for you stay tuned oh
3: okay right. put that
1: in the notes. okay uh
3: Matt Murphy uh probably saying something heated in the discord again um saying Dragon Ball was never political just means the person wasn't person wasn't paying much attention. Just look at the Red Ribbon Army. Not all political commentary needs to be heavy-handed. It's wild because one piece, at times, is more blunt about politics than Captain America. It's unfortunate people choose what fits their narrative instead of enjoying the narrative directly in front of them that they hopefully paid for.
0: I, I should... also uh, yeah. sorry. I also thought this was one comment.
3: Yeah, I got worried.
0: And so I thought uh, I thought Dan was going off about uh, Dragon Ball. I was like, wow. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know he had. Yeah. That's strong an opinion about yeah. Dragon Ball. Dan, Dan,
3: a very eclectic reader there.
1: <laughs> I should say, these are all comments that are based on last week's main topic, which was the manga versus comics quote-unquote debate. Um, we really, you know, there's no debate, but, you know, we got to name things for purposes outside of, you know, the show. Um, yeah, I I agree. I agree with everything that Matt said. I think that, you know, but we have a problem in this world as it relates to I think maybe not media literacy so much as people, people not even understanding what they're consuming. Like you have people that are hardcore star Wars fans, right? They love star Wars to death. Yeah. And somehow they don't realize that their politics, that their feelings about the world, um, their feelings about you know other groups other than themselves, or empire, like they are they're the empire, but they think they're Luke. We have a whole world of people who think they're Luke, but they're really Darth Vader. People who think they're Superman, but they're I mean they're not Lex Luthor. But I can't think of a they're they're not Superman. They're the Shocker. You know, they're, like they're, they're not. Yeah, they're they're not who they think they are. And they're not even reading or watching what they think they're reading or watching. You got people that have the S on their chest that voted for Donald Trump. You think Superman would have been down for that? I understand people are complex beings, but it just doesn't add up to me.
3: I heard 50 Cent as soon as said S on my chest in my head. And I was like, all right, I'm going right back to that album. A man after my heart. Uh, But the the other thing, too, like with like Star Wars, too, it's like, oh, those uh, the the Empire's costumes are literally designed after SS uniforms like it's been discussed. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not just media literacy. It's literacy. Yeah. (laughs) It's literally just thinking about.
3: The content you consume. On a on a strictly uh, like just going one one degree below text, like so like reading subtext should be like a freaking class that's needed and actually media literacy should be a class. But yep, yeah, especially when it comes to like deep fakes and AI and stuff now too. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, roboters number one roboters a hundred, uh, commented and said agreed all around when it comes to certain characters that they just are ongoing and have many ways to tell the stories an end to a run or an overarching issue uh wait an end to a run or an overarching arc sure but it still goes on comics have always been the illusion of change and growth that's okay and we need to edit that one
1: i did <laughs> okay. um and i also like to leave things a little messy because that like was that was that. very fun <laughs> for me personally you
3: just get satisfaction of me reading stuff that just as I'm reading it, it makes no sense to me. It's so because f- you know I don't I don't check these before I, we go live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> I do the um, same for you. I uh I thought about this question, or this comment rather, and I realized that as we were talking last week, yo, how many issues of Dragon Ball are there? How is it that people make the argument, oh, Western comics don't end, manga ends. Dragon Ball is still going. That shit's old as hell. That's just older than everybody here. A lot of uh, a lot of series are. Yeah, One Piece is is still going or whatever. It's and ending that's soon, old but well. yeah, yeah. How? Wh- where? Where? What are these people thinking? That that's so crazy.
3: I I always like how people are like, oh, comics are just too it's too hard to get into, and then they recommend One Piece, and I'm like, how how many issues did you say that was? Yeah, and I have to start
1: from the beginning. Oh, I'm out. It's a clear track. I'll give you that. That's fine. But how like does One Piece have because Spider-Man, you need to know the essential details, which, you know, happened in his early life and then Gwen Stacy. And then you can jump in almost anywhere where a new arc, you know, like a new creative team. Can you do that with One Piece? yeah it'll like in the same way that maybe you want
2: not have like the context for certain events or certain characters out the gate but uh yeah you could just um yeah manny and chat maybe not the time skip but like the it has arcs and it has sagas and then within the sagas there are different arcs and so you can jump in at a saga start or at an arc start and from there you're just following whatever is happening
3: is that delineated though by the book itself uh how do you mean like does the book say oh new jumping on point or new aga new uh, new saga new arc
2: it it doesn't advertise it as such
0: um but, but it does it does have it will have like a catch-up page right yeah, you know, yeah the yeah. same way you know a
3: spider-man book will but yeah th- th- but i agree like there's no difference then like uh, so one piece specifically over a thousand chapters so a chapter is essentially an issue Yeah, that's and that's in how much time compared to what Action Comics was able to do for a thousand, like
1: right. And also, you know, let's not kid ourselves, you can't just start Dragon Ball Super and know the essential details of the characters. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you can't do that with One Piece either. People talk about how much stroke these stories have, these manga have, but. Does the average person know? I don't know what One Piece is about. I think they're pirates, yes. but I don't. I don't know the essentials like you do. <laughs> but but I don't know the essential elements of those characters. I don't do what they do. I don't know what makes them tick. You won't know those. You you're not gonna know that Android eighteen is an Android, and you know, like there's so many things that are pivotal to know for Dragon Ball that I don't know how you could just start with Dragon Ball Super. Oh, but but everybody knows the essential elements of superman but but you don't have to know like essential elements
2: necessarily as much as it's about the character interplay and once you get to see that you get to see dynamics between individuals and that's the appealing part is oh i know how the how luffy will interact with Zoro versus nami versus usopp and like i'll that's the fun part is them hanging out and being put into an environment because the environment will change but these characters will stay true and you can see that as it develops over the course of like let's say five issues if you buy like a trade or uh, a tankaban then you'll see that and that's the appeal
3: so essentially you're saying just jump in and you'll you'll figure it out
2: jump in uh and you'll figure it out specific to the characters
3: um, exactly what i say you, about american comics though,
1: like. that, yeah that's yeah. what that's that's the literal argument that i'm making i'm yeah. saying that there's no difference between manga and comics yep. except for the fact that in western comics there are um characters who you can actually just jump in and you'll know things already you don't need to have read a comic book to know why batman is batman Mm. you just know
3: i wasn't here for the discussion last week but i think that the two biggest (laughs) things for me would be um manga has a more clear path um, as opposed to Spider-Man because like Spider-Man's like, even in the way they market it, it's not really sure what volume is what, you know, what's that. Um, and also manga really has like a, a singular architect usually. So, um, where, which you don't really get with, you know, a big two
1: you know, book. So. To plan Three Kingdoms says, um, even all 1052 issues of action comics, you're missing a lot okay yeah Yeah. but so what if you read every single issue of dragon ball right you're missing a lot why because you didn't read dragon ball z if you read every issue of dragon ball z but you didn't read dragon ball or dragon ball super you're missing a lot you know action comics is action comics the same way dragon ball is dragon ball dragon ball z is a continuation but it's a different thing. I don't see a difference. I don't see a difference, but um, I think the argument is more about people's bias against Western comics than it's about logic.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and, and the other way around, people's bias against manga, and you know, uh, versus logic. But
1: West, no, who's attacking manga? No one's no one's attacking it. It's oh, it's it's no one only, here for sure. Yeah. Well but but like no, nothing has nothing has caused the constant like obsession that people seem to have with the death of Western comics on the part of Western comics fans saying, Oh yeah, manga's ass, and who could read that shit? And how could you follow it? And it's all boobs and guns and muscles and you know, like Where's that argument? Who's making that argument? I do see that argument. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: I see well, I've right seen it even in our TikTok replies.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a very common argument.
3: I just Got think it. that it's clear that one is doing worse than the other in history. So I think they're starting at, you know, uh I think like we're in a manga yeah. boom right now. So of course that's just gonna seem better.
0: I also think a lot of it is i think I think the the Western comics angle of it is so so focused around the business of it, yeah that it you know people are making that part of it look
3: uh worse. I'd love to know the inverse what like I don't know like a, like a Japanese person's view on Western comics would be if it even is a thing, I don't know how how strong the Western comics market is in Japan, you know, I can't imagine it's it's equal, you know, it's not like with the manga yeah.
1: you know, stuff is here, but Yeah, manga is definitely cheaper and that is 100% a factor um, One of the big pieces
3: Do they have, like, Ameribus in Japan? Like
2: Surely that has like People to that are just really
3: into American culture
2: that Oh, has Bandit Keith, he's one of them where he is.
1: <laughs> big 2 needs to provide more fan service. What do you mean by that? I mean like a Frank Peter show cover? Dick. I feel like the Big 2 has fan service if you mean, you know, hot chicks or whatever. Let's uh let's move on. We've got some news to tackle. Marvel Studios Saw a major, major, major firing. What appears to be a firing. of um, Victoria Alonso. Major executive. I would say one of the three most important executives that I can think of at Marvel Studios proper. Alongside Kevin Feige and uh, Luis uh, Um This... Story actually started as her exiting the company. Mm. And that's how it was first reported on March 20th. But then things shifted. Because then the rumor was, oh, she might have been fired. Then it was, not only was she probably fired, but it looks like Kevin Feige didn't stop it, and that it was done by a consortium of executives at Disney, you know, they got the lawyers involved, they got HR involved, they got everyone they needed involved to make the decision to fire her. And that Kevin Feige, who loves her, probably enjoys working with her, as he has since, uh, I think, before Marvel Studios became an official thing. I think she's been there since 2006. Um... He didn't stand in the way. He didn't stop it. But then, the Hollywood Reporter dropped a bomb. Because Victoria Alonso, oh, hold on. Actually, before I say that, I want to say what Victoria Alonso's job was. Because that's really Hmm. important. She was responsible for a lot of the um, post-production elements, a lot of the um the visual effects elements and making sure that all those things were aligned across all the movies and that from a visual standpoint from a um a post-production standpoint things were aligned with what Marvel's agenda was over the last i don't know year or so people have been banging the drum about Marvel overworking and mistreating effects studios and how they have basically run a run on the market um, and she's in charge of that. That is her primary responsibility. There were a lot of people floating that she was fired for that reason. Now, I will tell you the reason she was fired. This comes from The Hollywood Reporter, allegedly. She was fired because she was working on producing another movie for another studio, for a competing studio. Victoria Alonso produced a movie called Argentina 1985. It's a movie that was put out by Amazon. It's a movie that competed for an international feature Oscar. And uh it's a movie that deals with um It's a movie that deals with uh the history of Argentina and, you know. Thirty thousand people who were, I think, um, uh, they did—they were disappeared by the military in the country at that time, hmm. and it was—it was an important story for her to tell, according to the Hollywood Reporter article. There is an agreement uh, that was created at Disney in 2018. It states that employees cannot work for competing studios. That seems like a no-brainer. Okay. That was put into place in 2018. Allegedly, according to sources, she did not ask permission to work on this movie. And going even further, she was warned several times not to continue working on the movie. At the Oscars, she walked the red carpet with the director of Argentina, 1985. Oh, she was there as a representative, not of Black Panther, Black Panther 2, but of Argentina, 1985. They found this to be disrespectful. They found it to be a breach of her contract and they fired her.
3: Damn. All right. I mean, I looked into her. she is from Argentina and she would have been around there. In 1985. So, like, apparently this means a lot to her. So, like, I can appreciate that, you know, her kind of sticking to her guns on this one. But, like, if you break any kind of contract with Disney, that's a dumb move. It'll get you. Yeah. Especially for, like, an international film that only going to make so much, you know. But I guess this is where you just don't think with your wallet. You just think with your, you know, your, your gut on this one. But.
1: I um, if this is true, because there's a there's a, a statement that came from her lawyers that argues the point, of course, they would argue it. If it's true, I think that I mean, look, that's 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 a fireable offense. I think it's dumb to do. I think supporting the movie as much as behind the scenes makes a lot of sense. But why would you publicly why would you publicly do a press tour about a movie from a competing studio? Why would you publicly be on record as a producer of a movie from a competing studio? Why would you go to the Oscars and support a movie from a competing studio when a movie from the company you work for is at the Oscars? She didn't care if this is true. But again, her attorney, Patty Glazer, says this is bunk. Yeah. Quote, yeah. The idea that Victoria was fired, full of press interviews relating to a personal passion project about human rights and a democracy that was nominated for an Oscar, which she got Disney's blessing to work for to work on, is absolutely ridiculous. Victoria, a gay Latina who had the courage to criticize Disney, was silenced. Then she was terminated when she refused to do something she believed was reprehensible. Disney and Marvel made a really poor decision that will have serious consequences. There's a lot more to this story, and Victoria will be telling it shortly in one forum or another. What was the reprehensible thing? Don't know. They haven't said that yet.
3: Is this maybe the fact that, you know, like she was the head of VFX that was allegedly uh, bullying and cornering the market on VFX, uh, you know, people? Um, I've seen causing what? yeah I was going to say like causing horrible working conditions and all that.
1: I've mm. seen mixed reports. I've seen reports that say she was a, a a person who people avoided trying to to deal with because she was overworking people. I've also read reports that she wasn't so close to it that she was even dealing with individuals on that level and she wasn't forcing overworking she was trying to get these projects completed but that she wasn't a a tyrant if you will
0: Mm. the uh variety version of this article um right after the quote you you read sean uh it says a source close to the matter also says that following alonzo's remarks at the 2022 glad awards she called out then ceo bob chapek by name for his reaction to the florida's don't say gay bill and she was told that she could no longer do press for Marvel
1: uh, Marvel projects. Oh, been- I see. Yeah. I, but I also read the opposite. I read that she was celebrated as when she called out Bob Chapic, She was asking him not to support the bill, which he went on to do. They, Marvel or D- Disney rather went on to oppose the bill. And that caused Disney a lot of problems. They lost their um, special tax uh, status in Florida, which is obviously a huge issue. But what I read was that she was actually praised for saying those things um, by the studio. Mm. So all of this is now, all the narrative is being manipulated by different players. Yeah. We're not going to know the truth, ultimately, maybe ever. Um, It's hard to believe. That a person of Victoria Alonso's stature got fired for speaking out on that subject that you're referring to, Kale, when Chapek's not even there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: They got rid of him essentially because of his poor management skills and getting involved in this stuff. Um
1: And if yeah. if they told her not to speak out anymore at that point, let's say that was the case, what changed to where she needed to be fired now? And even back
3: then, a lot of the studios' social media accounts were actively against the bill. They were actively posting about it. Disney proper wouldn't, but Marvel Studios was, Pixar was. It was like the studios specifically were, but Disney as a company wasn't, if that makes sense. Which also seems very tactical, you know? Yeah. Um, To have our cake and eat it, too, because Disney can say, oh, you know, we're we're, we're staying out of the politics, but their studios aren't. Wow. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I didn't even think like Disney parks was like openly against it as well. Yeah.
1: I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not buying, I'm not buying the, uh, she was fired for that, for that comment from last year. I, I'm not, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily buying this story. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just love how
3: wildly different this is compared to the DC stuff and Warner brothers. It's like, Oh, we got all the information. You know, on the D.C. side of things, everyone's just, you know, loose lips, sinking ships over there. Yeah. Uh, here we can't get any kind of clear cut picture of what's going on.
0: Well, that's how they keep their yeah. image so tight,
1: yep. you know, can't let it slip. Can't let people know. I I am. Uh Oh, hello, couching and slouching. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you for joining. It's um, <laughs> a great name. Yeah, I love that name. I had to call it out. Uh, I I have to admit something though I'm happy about this I'm happy about this I don't think that Victoria Alonso was going to allow as much as she possibly could X-Men to be called the X-Men she said several times she does not like that name she does not believe in that name. It's alienating to women and other kinds of people. And that the best X-Men are the women. So why would it be called the X-Men? Several times.
3: She's right on that. Button.
1: Yeah, the last part's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called the X-Men because they're Xavier's men. They're Xavier's team. It's the name. Who cares? That's the name. That's, that's on the marquee. That's what's going to sell... Tickets. That's what's going to put the movie over a billion. You call it the X Men. You don't call it the Mutants. That's ridiculous. Call the Muties. Let's make it a derogatory mutant term and stuff. Yikes.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna start, you know, a film where they have to grow into the X Men, I think yeah, Muties is the way to go.
3: <laughs> I just don't like, but like, as her, her role as head of VFX, she has no control over that. I would think. Like that doesn't put the graphic together.
1: That doesn't like. Uh. She's one of the three most important executives at Marvel. She has she has to have a say.
3: Yeah. Marco yeah. mentions that, and then I'm like, well, I put the graphics together and I control the the title of the show. So,
0: yeah, she uh, she's not going to put the 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 men in that PowerPoint presentation. Gonna she's not going to do it.
3: X hyphen
1: myn. That's what it's going to be. X people. But. That aside, and I, I despise those comments, she's in charge of the part of Marvel that a lot of people would might argue has been working the least well, which is what we literally see, the visual aspect.
0: Yeah, especially here lately.
1: With Bob Iger's decree that they're going to slow down on production of some of these shows and things like that and also bring back these budgets... She might not be the right person to lead Marvel's new agenda going forward. Hmm. What
3: if she was like the one standout trying to make sure that, you know, VFX companies weren't overworked and like now they just get someone who's like, yeah, just, just crank it out. And now we get
1: someone worse. I think Marvel has to address the problem. Yeah. They can't, they cannot continue to have this narrative about them. It's the first narrative about marvel that i think really makes them look bad
3: and i think with the rumors lately of them slowing down production of tv shows maybe that helps i don't know what do you mean there's been rumors lately that like a lot of planned shows are not making a the uh this isn't on the list of stuff we're talking about right now um Mm making their 2023 release dates. I think like Ironheart and like Agatha is up in the air right now. So um our predictions for best TV show this year are going to be wonky.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's a Bob Iger decree though. That's not sure. That's yeah. not a VFX problem. He feels that they need to scale this stuff back and spread it out. He's right.
3: I'm just thinking like as a result, longer time to work on a VFX might make it look better. You know?
1: Um, 100%. 100%. Uh, Manny says, I can't imagine she's the sole reason for Marvel visual effects not being good as the whole market is really being on a worker shortage. She's been doing it way too long to be a problem now. I mean, it's a combination of the fact that they've been making way too much stuff. Mm. Yeah. Way too much stuff. But if you go back... And you look at Black Panther, part one, before Disney Plus, what was the major complaint? The visuals weren't good. Yeah. That was the primary complaint about that movie. So it's not like it's a new problem. Hmm. I'm not saying it's her fault. I'm sure there are a lot of people whose fault it is. But when I see executive of visual effects, the buck stops with you. People, everybody shit on Bob Chappick for the state of Disney. I'm sure a lot of other people are responsible for that, but he's the CEO. You, 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 you fall on the sword first. That's how it goes.
2: You think with this we're going to scale down in terms of VFX then?
1: No. No, I think they're going to scale down on production. Yeah.
3: Which in turn then scales down on the amount of VFX needed to be done at a single time.
1: Yeah. I mean, they had to shift people off Ant-Man, Quantumania, to put them on Black Panther 2 at the tail end. So if you watch Ant-Man and the Wasp and you think, wow, this looks crappy, remember that. I did. It's yeah, wild. I didn't, I didn't feel that. I thought it was pretty good. But that was the narrative.
2: Oh, and I see. I see. Okay. That's
1: what people have. Like, yeah, it's all over the place that Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania looks crappy.
0: They're crappy. Uh, listen, I'll take that if it means I never have to watch another Marvel film again.
1: <laughs> oh, man. As long as you're on this podcast. Man, I think Was you just lost your favorite pal.
3: Uh, for Four uh,
0: more uh, years. Four
1: more years. <laughs> so, yeah. Things not so sweet in Marvel land. But we'll see how this shakes out. I, I don't think we'll ever know the truth about this, though. Yeah. Let's talk some quick. But we're not we're not moving away from the negative, unfortunately. Well, I guess it's a matter of perspective. So DC this week announced a book called We Are Legends for the Dawn of DC. It's introducing several new characters, uh, including City Boy, Spirit World, The Vigil, I believe Rom V., is um oh, on visual. yeah yep. is a is a part of this. Yep. Um we are getting those books are spinning off into their own titles. City Boy um will be City written by. by Greg Pak with art by uh Ming Jung. Spirit World is Alyssa Wong with art by Haining. I'm not sure who that is. And then the Vigil number one is written by Ram V with art by Lalit Kumar Sharma um and cover art. By Samit Kumar, so that's all cool. No qualms with that whatsoever. The We Are Legends book itself is free. Oh, it's free.
3: Whoa. Well, free for us, yeah. not
1: the comic shops. But yeah, no, no, no. It's oh, it's it's free. Well, yeah, it's free yeah. for purchasers. It's free yeah. for for store goers. I, I
3: learned, and maybe that's just me being dumb, but on Twitter, I learned that uh, like shops have to buy these books. They're not just giving right. to them.
0: Oh, you just learned that?
3: I just did. Yeah, I'm dumb.
0: Yeah, that's a
1: that's been a long, a long going problem. We Wouldn't just... it make a lot of sense? Wouldn't you assume that this book is coming out on Free Comic Day to bolster that day? That I would have sense? assumed. Oh, that, yes. I know what you're gonna get at. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's I not... think we mentioned this when I was looking at solicits, Yeah. Hmm. This book is coming out. Uh, it's coming out. I'm sorry, I thought I had the date um it's com- it's coming out after free comic book day
4: mm.
1: Mm. the choice it doesn't add up it, it's a- well it's actually coming out um four days before free comic book day. well this one this special edition. Yes. And then the subsequent titles are a few weeks after. Yeah, but those aren't free. Okay. Okay. This, this, yeah, the We Are Legends thing is free. Now, maybe I'm being crazy, right? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm off my rocker. But 10 days after free comic or free comic book day, DC's publishing the Dawn of DC Primer also for free. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, really cool. April twenty sixth, a week before Free Comic Book Day. Marvel is putting out a Best of Marvel compilation backlist. Oh, I don't like this one bit. Okay, you smelling what I'm cooking? Yeah, I'm.
2: I'm not. <laughs> this seems Watching strange. Marco struggle with the timeline here. <laughs> This seems neat. Like before, after, on the day, like it's it's separating from the day. Like you don't you don't want the noise from Free Comic Book Day to also promote. Oh, he's so
3: close. He's almost there. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Okay. What does this do to Free Comic Book Day, then?
0: When you don't have the big two at Free Comic Book Day.
3: Oh, do you not have Free Comic Book Day? Oh no, they're still putting out free comic books. Yeah.
1: Oh. In a short. Okay. Yes. But where I'm going is where Kale's going. Because, Marco, you're right. Theoretically, that a free comic book being available before free comic book day, theoretically, would bolster free comic book day. But if you're trying to get people into the stores before free comic book day, right? Then here's what happens in my mind. A, they're free. So everybody who normally goes to the comic shop is getting them first. Yeah. But B, if you do entice someone who doesn't typically go to comic shops four days or a week and a half before free comic book day to go to the shop to get a free comic, are they coming back on free comic book day? And so a year from now, two years, three years, are Marvel and DC still participating at all? We've seen it before.
3: Wait. What happened
1: was... to E3? You E3, start making your own days.
3: Huh? You start making your own
1: days and your own events that exactly. are separate. From this, yeah. Yeah. I'm a cop. Sony, Microsoft, yep. and Nintendo all skirted away from E3 for exactly the reason that Marco pointed out. Why would you want the noise of the event to cloud out what you're trying to do? That's what Marco's saying. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Marvel and DC are thinking because we're seeing it happen across the board. As Kale pointed out, we've seen that happen at Comic-Cons.
3: I, I think the ones that are releasing before Free Comic Book Day, I think a comic book shop can just not give them out until Free Comic Book Day. But that one specifically releasing after Free Comic Book Day, it's like, okay, they're trying to get their own day. <laughs> For sure. That was the DC the whole- one, right? The
2: don't you see yeah no the Don- oh the see went okay okay yeah that's after um i, mm, I think your point's fair like if i have gone once to go pick this up but then let's say that wasn't the book right like i don't i don't assume they're going to the store that week just for this book right like free comic book day would happen on the weekend are we making the same argument about people who would have gone to the shop regularly Like this one, this one title does not invalidate a purchaser's behavior yet.
1: I, 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 so it's three titles that I'm referring to because even if I'm a, if I'm a Wednesday warrior, which I am, Mm -hmm. if I go to the shop on Wednesday and the free comic book is already there, I'm snatching that up. It's less incentive for me to go back on Saturday or whenever, when, you know, free on free comic book day, but would you just get more free comics? It's less incentive. If I care about Dawn of DC, right? If that's right. what I'm really into. Well, that one's coming out after. So I, I won't use that as an example. That's fine. If I care about We Are Legends, and I'm really, really into that, and I'm hyped for it, or the Marvel one, the checklist, I'm getting that on that day. And now I'm not, I'm not, I might not be as into the other free comics that will be available on free comic book day. Notice that these were announced separately. From free comic book day. Yeah. That tells me that in DC and Marvel's minds, this is not a part of that. But then
2: but then you have to make the the assumption that you wouldn't have been into whatever the books were on the weekend on Free Comic Book Day. If you're not willing to go for those, then you weren't interested in them in
3: the first place, regardless of this title. I, I would guarantee a lot of the Wednesday Warrior crowds only go to Free Comic Book Day to get those big two books. Yeah. But but
2: there's still do. But those yep. big two books are still there, right? Like if these aren't the only ones.
1: But I'm my my. The reason I brought this up is not about this year's Free Comic Book Day. These are examples of what I'm saying could be leading to Marvel and DC exiting Free Comic Book Day. That feels like a stretch. I don't I don't Marvel I don't know. and Marvel and DC
0: don't need Free Comic Book Day. No, Free Comic Fair. Book Day isn't for the companies. Free comic book days for comic book shops 100 percent
3: this is what and, Marco said about uh and, people using AI to write articles then like a week later <laughs> I, <laughs> a I, never, I
2: I never denied I just said it's not gonna replace
1: a person and it already has uh BuzzFeed killed half their more than half of their um their uh, workforce to let chat GPT write their articles.
3: <laughs> um the other thing too is like the the we are legends is, is not coming out on free comic book day and also being a book that probably is the first appearance for a lot of new characters yeah. screams yeah. like ooh, speculator thing you know yep
2: yep but that makes sense for a wednesday release in that case because then you want to grab that no it, it no it and...
3: doesn't
0: because the speculators aren't
2: fans but yeah. but at that point right then you segment the fan for free comic book day on saturday
3: so you're saying oh, take sh- away it, it take sh- away a whole fan base from Free Comic Book Day. You're, you're, you're agreeing with us. You're saying, all um, right, I want to take away from Free Comic Book Day. I want to drive people to my day specifically. And if I can do that for years going forward, then I have DC's Free Comic Book Day. Now but, but I can just I, give up on that and have my own day. It,
2: but if they were dropping those free books on the Wednesday, like multiple – I would agree with the statement, but just one title. I don't think one title is a differentiator. What was the the mean Again, you know,
0: it's that's not saying- one title though. It's three.
1: It's two DCs and a Marvel. The one is coming out it. after Free Comic Book Day. One's coming out slightly before, and then the Marvel's coming out before. I don't know. That feels to me like you're
2: just keeping people engaged beyond the scope of Free Comic Book Day. But you're, the, the primary place you're putting your your comics are still on Free Comic Book Day. Like three books out of a total of what?
1: Uh, I mean, Marvel probably has, what, two offerings for Un, Free Uncanny Comic Book Day? Uncanny Avengers, I know
3: for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then DC has probably about two. I think, I think that's generally where they shake out. Yeah. Usually like an all-ages one and then a, a, a main one. So let's say I'm wrong about... Let's let's say I'm right about that number. Let's say two is the number of DC books that they're putting out on Free Comic Book Day. Sure. They have now equaled the amount of books they're putting out on the day, off the day. One of so them next, coming after. So next year, uh, they put one less on the day. And Atomic Hound is right. Isn't DC already trying this with Batman Day, Wonder yeah. Woman Day, etc.? These characters have days. So what if DC said, on Batman Day... We're going to put out a free Batman comic. Which they've I, done. Yeah.
3: Yeah. They're usually reprints, but yeah.
1: Right. And then Wonder Woman Day, we're going to put out a free comic for that. And then they're like, hey, we can put out free comics whenever we feel like. it." And like I like Midtown
3: Comics, their Batman Day is an event. You know, they have, it's like free comic book day. They have like cosplay, of you know, contests and stuff. Um, and it's a day specifically for DC that they can celebrate DC,
1: you know. I'm 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 a little concerned about this. I am. And and DC's
0: already like we saw this during the pandemic. DC's already sort of made very anti comic shop moves. Yeah, you know, by partnering with the one, you know, in Midtown to create uh, you know, a fucking uh uh uh, uh distributor. in a pandemic, you know,
1: like they don't they don't care about shops. Shops are forced to buy their books because that's what, you know, their audience wants and these companies can do whatever they want. And then freak- says, shouldn't more titles on different days be a reason to have more customers come in on different days to see different products? Yeah. I think that in theory that works, yeah. but what business can you think of that encourages people to go to the store multiple times across a, 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 like a couple of weeks to get all these free comics. You can't go the week after free comic book day to get the what the Dawn of DC or whichever one is coming out after. Yeah, You can't go to, to, to the comic shop to get that book and expect that you're also going to be able to get the free comics that you missed. How many people do you know that go to the comic shop more than once a week? And how many Some people don't even go once a month?
3: How many shops have the resources to be able to put on big events like that constantly? You know,
0: that's the thing. Yeah, free comic Book day can, for a lot of know, shops
3: is a big deal.
0: You can't you can't separate these because the shops can't buy more.
1: Right. They're gonna they're gonna put out all their free comic book day offerings on the day, and then that's that. So I don't feel like it encourages people to go multiple times, and I don't think that that's consistent with – if we were talking about another business that was digital, then, yeah, sure. Oh, uh, you know, we're putting out a free game on E3. PlayStation's putting out a free game, you know. Um, And then you're like, oh, my God, and then you go download it and check it out. I got to get in my car. In my case, I got to get on the train. To go to the comic shop multiple times, I'm not doing that. I don't think most people do that. So I feel like DC is a little bit anti-comic um, book store. And I'm worried about the future.
4: Mm.
1: Mm. We'll talk about Free Comic Book Day again as we get closer to the day. I just thought this was an interesting uh, thing to pick on. We'll be live on Free Comic Oh, yeah. Live right. from the store. We usually are. I, I I haven't been to Free Comic Book Day in the longest. I can't go because of the thing. show. We might be able I'm to more. now. You know, you just get there a little late and you won't be able to get anything you want, but you know. Well, typically after the show, I just I, I don't have anything left in me. So I just fall asleep. <laughs> Veg out. Yeah, yeah. Well, pretty much I watch catfish and then fall asleep. Um, Keeping it real DC, real DC dumb. Let's talk about Superman, new Superman, and its price. So the first issue of Superman, Superman number one, from uh, last month was $5. 30 pages. That's pretty good. I mean, it's not the greatest, but, you know, okay, fine. It's a new number one. I get that. Why was Superman 2 to five dollars? For twenty
3: two pages. Bro, every everything's like crazy now.
1: I bought Wait, a Big that's... Mac meal the
3: other day and it was like twelve bucks. I was like, Pardon? Come come again?
2: That, that but that's still so che- that's cheaper per page. Then what? Than then this than the six dollar one. For thirty pages, you spent more per page. You spent five dollars versus four dollars and forty cents. Wait, what,
1: what's what's six dollar one? I'm saying I'm saying five dollars.
2: Well, the five ninety nine one,
1: right? No, that's that. There is no five ninety nine. That's that's a card stock cover. That's a different cover. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, five dollars was the price of Superman one at thirty pages, and five dollars is the price of Superman two at, at twenty two. Oh, I
0: see, I see.
2: Okay,
1: gotcha.
0: Damn, Marco. Marcos is making making shit up now to fight about. <laughs> no, I
2: I thought that was the difference. Was I was like, oh, the thirty one was at it was at the five ninety nine. Oh, okay, wait, that comes out pretty
1: good. What page. is going on? What what is happening? Five dollars for a standard twenty two page comic book now? They pricing, yeah, pricing us out. Yeah,
2: uh,
0: they pricing us out.
2: Which is. Which is crazy, because like then, what do you expect in terms of people to buy? Like people's it's, purchasing power at that point has to shrink. You have to shrink your production of the number of comics because you don't need to cater as to as many people, and then that just keeps diminishing.
3: It's it's late stage capitalism. All they care about is the next earnings call. Ugh. Yep. Yeah.
1: And we talked about it. That's what Dan Didio said. Dan Didio talked about continuing to raise the prices, alienating people making more money or making a similar amount of money per comic because they're charging more, but eventually you're just charging, you know, $10, $20 a comic and the same thousand, only a thousand people are buying it because you've priced everybody else out, which is the direction they seem to be going in. Yeah.
3: As long as they can say our sales in terms of the money we made is larger than we did last year. Right. doesn't matter who gets priced out. Yep. Right. Exactly. The amount of people buying it does not matter as long as the actual monetary value that they make is more.
1: But and it's artificial,
3: it, and it, it just has to keep going up too. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you and I can afford it point. anymore,
1: right? What's like,
2: that? like they have to be losing money at this point because it must cost this like the same amount or more to now produce comics as well because the price of uh, of production is also increasing. Mm-hmm. So. Sure. They must also be losing
1: money on that front, even if they raise it only by a dollar. Well, DC has a complicated problem that no other comic book company has, which is that they have to justify their existence to Warner. So mm. whatever like I feel I feel like we talked about this during the pandemic, where DC comics are were making solid money. For a while, they were doing just fine. But because they were in that Burbank um, office space, it wasn't enough to do fine. They now had to do as much as they could do. And that's still, they're still there. That's I'm sure that's still a problem. So we've seen them cut the pay of top-tier talent, which led to the exodus that we've seen over the last few years. We've seen them fire... Several senior editors and senior, you know, behind the scenes production people that have led to problems. Raganza has gone, though, right? Raganza is gone. Yeah. Okay. Raganza gone. Gone that was gone bad. in twenty. I'm okay with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they fired a lot of the 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 people who knew how to make yeah. comics good. Shelley Bond, right? One of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So all this, all this firing. All this, what appears to be, you know, trying to um trying to conserve money, and then now we're seeing a price increase. I don't think comics can sustain another price increase. I really don't. Not not at the same page count. At that
2: same page count, there's no but, way. They're not increasing page count. There's no way.
0: Yeah. You start in- increasing the page count, they're gonna charge more.
2: Well what well, I'm saying is like when when you have other books that are like, "Oh, they are actually maybe thirty pages or something, and then you charge more, well, as long as the page rate doesn't increase in that case, I guess they're they're going to just keep doing it as until they cannot make more money but what 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 is that threshold? Seven bucks for twenty two pages? It might be
0: i mean for for uh, for them, they'll go as far as they can. Yeah. It's not about
3: how it feels to us.
0: Yeah, they don't give at a all. shit. Yeah. they don't give a they don't give a flying fuck.
2: But they they don't give they don't care, right? But obviously we can see the writing on the wall. So at what point? Maybe this is a a, pay, a question for Chad too. Like, what is what is your price where I'm not picking up a book regardless?
3: I'm pretty much there already. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Five dollars is insane. Holding the line at two ninety nine, man, was ten years ago. Yeah. Yikes, bro. And comic books are probably like dollar per dollar, the least um, affordable form of entertainment on earth.
3: Mm -hmm. It is nice, though, that that wages are are also increasing with uh, with these cost increases. Wait a minute.
0: They fucking on the news the other morning, I woke up to the news having a panic about how oh Dan's here. Wow. Finally chat's been real quiet that's that's what the news was talking Uh, about uh so the news fucking uh everybody was panicking because they got the inflation numbers and they thought it was going to go down but everything went up in february and i looked at jess and i said this is a surprise to who yeah
1: (laughs) y'all y'all driving us out of
0: house and home
1: for a pair it's insane. I'm probably going to stop buying this comic now. Yeah. I, I don't want to pay $5 an issue for a standard comic. That's too much.
3: And at That's what point much. does it become, oh, people aren't buying the comic anymore, but you know what's $5 a month? Right. Our uh, our app now that would be like, oh, well, we don't need the shops anymore because people yeah. aren't buying it anymore. Let's just push you know weekly releases on our app because they could just flip flip that switch whenever.
1: I, I think I think DC probably as 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 much as they probably would love that, I don't think they can afford to get rid of comic book shops or to for now, no. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. I think this is a move that is again, like I can't reference it enough. If you have not read the Dan Didio interview, I un I feel like I understand. I feel like I took a course on comics when I read that. He called it. He already called it. This is what he said would happen. And earlier, Tyler, you said you were curious about hearing from a from a, a store owner. Yeah. Right? Well, I got some words for you. I got words from Ryan Higgins. Ryan Higgins owns the shop Comics Conspiracy in California. It is a very successful comic book shop. I think they might have some spinoffs as well. Uh, but he's been in the business for many years. I have referred to his comments before, especially during the pandemic. And said this. There's going to be a comic price increase at some point. We are way, way overdue for one. It's going to happen. I don't expect much will change, but the narratives around comics will continue, and there needs to be a deliberate focus on countering negativity. A couple big wins would do wonders for the industry. We had some info before with sales estimates, but now we have nothing. No one has any idea what's going on. Maybe every company is doing amazing. Who knows? He said, "Uh, I'm not concerned about the big two at the end of the day. I'm much more concerned about the indie market, but the questions apply to all companies. Now, to be fair, I am extrapolating his comments he was talking about um the fact that comics are expensive and then on top of that you are putting out mini series or you know books about characters that it's just like who's buying this who who is was the target for this comic at a high price point readers are less likely to take risks and you really have to be able to justify your investment so when you get a i'm not i'm not saying this because the book was bad the book was really good when you get a thing book a thing miniseries, right? Who's the reader? Mm. It's,
0: not, it's not who you picture as your
1: average Marvel reader. Right. Who 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 did you who did the editor, who did the people above the editor think was the target for this book when they went and got Walter Mosley and Tom Riley to make? It?
3: Or I even think of like Joe Fix-It coming out right now. Who is the target for that? Uh, middle-aged people, uh, you know, you know, yeah. that have disposable income.
1: Nostalgia. Yeah. Well, Higgins actually brought that book up. He said, I, 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 "I'm I'm not going to find the the verbatim, but he said the the new Hulk book by Donnie Cates and um, and Ryan's uh, not Ryan Stegman. Um, shoot, who's the invincible artist?" Uh, Uh, thank you uh, Brian Ottley, stagman otley um that book didn't connect it didn't do that well so why and this is what he said so why is marvel publishing joe fix it a hulk book with less of a wide reach because it's stuck in the 80s or 90s or whatever and they've got got a whole line of those yeah yeah
3: because it 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 appeals to a, a generation of people who have disposable income and aren't, you know, living paycheck to paycheck like a lot of the younger generation are.
1: Am at I at least am, yeah.
0: Am I sorry, am I crazy too or did we hear recently that those don't sell either? Who said
1: that? They do. I was going to say at least those books. The Hulk one I don't agree with because Hulk wasn't doing well. But putting that aside, those books have a very specific target audience. And those are the exact same people with the buying power in comics. So at least there's a clear understanding. like whether If the books don't do well, they don't do well. But at least we understand like why you would publish this, yeah. who you're going after. And that's an audience that actually exists in comics. Yeah, laser focused. And, and,
0: yeah. and if you're hitting that target, then it doesn't matter if it doesn't sell to everyone. You've got your target audience. You can yep. say... Well, we've got these. This is who we're aiming for.
1: Right. And I think that's something to seriously, seriously consider. A lot of times I look at these books, some of the X-Men comics, some of these other books, and I'm just like, why did I buy this? Who's this Who's this even for? Why is this a thing? And that's something that comics are going to have to confront themselves with. But $5, thats I think that's going to alienate way too many people.
3: Yeah, Even. we might have to become the comics pirates. Yikes! <laughs> Atomic Account said, "as As a boomer, uh, which I think is the first time I've ever seen someone like embrace that. Um, good on you, uh, as a boomer. The Marvel books I buy are nostalgia bait.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. <laughs> My whole ass nickname. <laughs> true, true. That's yeah. And guess what? When I'm when they're when they start making nostalgia bait for Bendis era two thousands comics. I will buy the fuck out of them. Eight dollars on all. Well, Hulk yeah. is out.
0: <laughs> not when they're 20 bucks a pop.
3: You're yeah.
1: right. I will find another hobby. <laughs>
3: um, I will open up my old new Avengers issues. Yeah. I'll, I will be eating those. <laughs> <laughs> you might not even right. be able to, to read your Avengers issues because you'd be using it as a heat source.
0: What's uh? Aww. What Rebecca, what's wrong? You haven't even touched your new Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> your new new, new Brian Michael Bendis, new Avengers.
1: You haven't touched your copy of Civil War number four. I thought that one was meaty.
0: <laughs> I just couldn't believe the character assassination of Speedball.
3: <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Soft spot for me.
0: Again.
1: And, 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 and Jose makes a good point. Piracy has never been more accessible. This is about to become a slaughterhouse for sales. This is something that creators talk about a lot. Creators get on social media, and they complain about piracy, and they talk about how much money they're losing from people pirating their their content. But I don't hear the same conversation about the fact that people can't afford the damn books. You want to talk about why we lost generations of comic book readers? These don't have the money to buy comic books. If you're 14 years old, you can afford one. That's all. It's a five dollar comic, or what? Like, what's what's the average price of like a, a manga um, cha- about chapter?
3: Almost ten bucks, right, Marco? Eight, yeah, eight to ten.
2: The Tonkaban, or what? Like the actual Tonkaban that will contain maybe like six
0: or more issues. No, or, like, that's eight, that's too that's too big for what we're talking about. What I'll would think. what would be the equivalent of a comic book issue? Like a floppy,
2: like one of the single chapters. I don't even know actually. They don't really I, sell like, it individually. I don't like, know that they sinks. sell it like
1: that. Well, well I, I was I was I was talking about what Marco's talking about. Yeah. If those stick boys right are eight dollars or ten dollars, oh. the value proposition is insane right. know, compared to buying yeah. a Western
2: comic. But but it's because it's black and white, it's because it's a sure. smaller sure. format, no. like, like there's other things in oh, play there.
1: Oh, I'm not talking about that. Sure, I'm it's saying it's if you're 14, right? Yeah, what are you gonna do?
2: Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, and even across the board here on, on YouTube in particular, we had a few people comment, Jose is only picking up, you know, two comics a month now. The, the, yeah. the, the budget threshold here has been like five to $6 makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, even like, what was it? Somebody said they were down 80% classy said, says cut 80% of the comics since it's been getting just expensive. People just trade yeah. waiting now because that's more cost
3: effective for them to get the same stories. I wouldn't even say people are trade waiting. People are just giving up. Hmm. You know, I I don't, because then that's money they have to then put into trades, which also are not going down in price, you know?
2: They're not, but I think they're still more cost effective by issue.
3: Sure. Or, yes. Yes.
2: That's, yeah, that's undisputable. Right. And like if, if, if the priority is I still want to read comics, but I want to find it even the cheapest way that I can, a trade's good. And then, or you wait the extra like month and a half after the trade releases and go on to cheap, what is it? Um,
3: uh, 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 in, uh, in stock trades novels. or whatever, yeah, yeah, trade, exactly, yeah. yeah, in stock trade or something. Yeah, the warehouse cost for it. yeah I Saw oh. the uh, Gerard Way Doom Patrol on there. I was like, "Ooh, okay." Just
0: nice. the thing, uh, you know, and I, you know, with rent, with food, with energy, and comics. Like, I just I can't get around the fact that nobody cares. The everything is going up. Everything is going up. Nobody gives a shit. The people
3: in charge don't care. They don't care about well, you. Because the people in charge are the are the ones uh, benefiting off everything going up because yeah, they're saying. For, goes how up. Yeah. for how long?
0: For how long? Until we start doing side. what Paris does, like, honestly. What does Harris do?
3: Riots?
1: <laughs> oh, Paris. I thought you yeah, said yeah. Harris. No, I, no, like, no, well, I mean I don't know if Harris is a,
0: is a rioter, okay. but was he, lifting weights about it? I don't understand.
1: <laughs> Tyler, I just want to point out, you're not serious. We're not trying to start a riot, right? We should um, be.
3: For the benefit of the show, yeah, I agree with you, Sean.
1: Absolutely. But also, absolutely. do what we got to do? We would never advocate something like that. Um, Jose says, also because single issues are a gamble on whether they're good or not. Yeah, Sure. Yeah. I think that is a huge key factor. And to me, that speaks to what Higgins is talking about. Because comics marketing is butt. So before you buy the number one, and it's not like there's like a great trailer, you know, or anything like that. Like some Marvel comics have trailers, but you know, you kind of have to piece together information from the internet. It's not like there's a commercial that's gonna come on on your television. You have to do your own research to find out whether or not you're gonna like this book through whatever small pieces the company's We'll give you.
3: Yep, and Word it's like mouth. it's like an extra disappointment too when you pay for something and then it's like, ugh, that wasn't great. Like I know, I know we have fans of like the Flash series right now, but like I was not a fan of that one one minute war stuff. And like picking that up, I was like, ugh, and uh, yeah, I could have put that yeah. towards, I don't know, lunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
1: and that's a reasonable thought.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: so, yeah. Exactly. It's unfortunate. I, 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 I hope someone with a brain you know, just does something different here. I really do. And giving, the, giving them all the benefit of the doubt in the world, it's like, hey, I know that Superman and Batman, their sales justify other comics' existence. So if you really, really want your Doom Patrol, you're probably getting it because Batman sells so well. If Batman didn't sell as well, these companies could take less risks on books like that. So fair point. I still question who these books are for, and I still question if they have the value proposition that they did when I was buying comics in 2006. And them, those those New Avengers, those Ultimate books, like everything you were buying was hot as hell, and they were 2 or $3. And I was buying
3: tons. I mean, to be fair, I was living at home still, you know, I had a job at the time, so I was able to justify yeah. that. Um, but dude, I was I was almost buying everything at a certain point.
2: Like, I I remember coming home with stacks. Yeah, I remember like,
3: it was a physical uh, a task coming yeah. home sometimes. I
2: had to like walk the, up a hill to get to my to my yeah. parents' place. I was like, "All right, we're ready, we're ready, let's go, we're
3: going." By the time like, I, I walked home to my dorm in the city, like the plastic bag that I was carrying the books in was like strained. It was like, "Oh, yeah. all right, this thing's falling apart." Yeah.
2: I, I wonder if there isn't um, like to, to introduce a cheaper segment of, because one of the big things that we talk about is like, there is no other adjustable market here, but I know, but we know that the manga format works with a large audience mimicking the format And just putting out a black and white comic, those people who you're going to alienate the people who already read your stuff, but we know that there's an audience that exists that reads black and white. That's okay with that level of paper stock that understand the format and are willing to want to read that kind of book. And if it's getting produced by like getting the, the bat manga out and having it be uh uh in the same format as a manga would that's not there's no disparity there for somebody who reads manga to be like oh hold on a second like this is an offering by the company whether or not they move into further comics but you will now be catering to an audience that is okay existing in that space
0: so they're just gonna charge them eight bucks a pop too
2: but at that point I'd rather eight dollars for that level of production because it'll be ideally cheaper to produce and you can play with that
1: format um the same way that uh, manga does but that's not how it's gonna actually go because we also know that comics creators in, in the west get paid more and you also have to hire a letter you can't just get some you know scab who needs a job to do it you have to get Clayton Cowles, you know, and you have you have to get people that that can really do this job, and they have to get paid. Comics already has a problem with page rates, and they're four and five dollars. But this is
2: well, ideally, it would be less less than that because you don't need you remove a you remove a colorist, you remove mm-hmm. the. Uh, the weight of the actual production, you remove. And let's see, you get a, a typical writer artist. That's not. What does typical mean? Like you, like, like usually, you'll have the the artist and the writer be the same person on a on a manga. Yeah, but how many people in comics can do that? Well, why why does it need to be a person who exists within I mean, comics already? You're you're catering to a different group of people. Why why does that why would that be a limiting factor? You you don't need
1: Mark Wade on a manga. Like I don't know that he's gonna write that well. It sounds to me like what you're advocating for is finding creators who will work for cheaper and cutting out elements of what makes a functional Western comic to appeal to a different market, but they exist in this market. You 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 want a new market to exist? But I don't I don't think that I, I don't think that I don't think that the price would be as low as you think it is. I have a very very hard time believing that if Marvel or DC published manga the same way that it's published elsewhere, that the price point would be the same. I have a very hard time believing that. I also have a hard time believing that non-traditional manga fans, who you also have to sell to. Will be comfortable buying a book that doesn't feature creators that they know, doesn't have color to it, is in a different format. I don't think you can just change the whole thing and expect that you're gonna be able to make the kind of money that you need to make. And, And I'm not saying that it'll be like, it'll affect
2: the main title. I'm saying this is where, let's say, a Doom Patrol, because they have dollars to produce a Doom Patrol, you can have dollars to produce a Bat manga. Was still having a core Chip Zdarsky book on, or you know, a Detective Comics there.
3: Like it, it, it becomes additive what, as opposed to. Are you are you saying you need then that needs to then supplement the cost of keeping main normal comics at an affordable price point? What do you mean? So the, what you're, your, what you're your, your offering does not fix comic books, then it just makes a new market. That's lot, that's, that's where I'm kind of stuck on it.
2: But I'm saying you need to tap into a new market and a new audience to grow.
1: I just I just have a a a I'm struggling with the idea that um people would buy into it. Hmm. Um but that's a conversation that we will definitely be continuing to have uh yeah. in the future
3: because and an atomic account in the YouTube chat brings up a lot of interesting uh pirating facts too. like uh I think Hawkman Venditti's Hawkman uh, at least had the same amount of viewers probably on one site Pirating his comic, as did the sales of it. So um, driving people to com- to piracy is now
1: even more ruining sales. Hey, so we're going to do Twilight of the Superheroes uh, here in a, in, a, in a few minutes. Uh, but we do need to take a quick break. So we will be back in a few short minutes. If you're watching live, you will see us in a few minutes. And if you're not, this doesn't affect you. Be right back. Hello, we are back. Thank you guys for waiting. If you have real quick, uh, if you haven't yet hit that like button on YouTube, follow us on Twitch. If you haven't all the ways you guys know how to support us. We appreciate it as we dive into Twilight of the superheroes part Four. Twilight of the superheroes is Alan Moore's would be DC event that aimed to establish an endpoint for DC canon. It first surfaced online around 1995 as a pitch document and has been the subject of debate, scrutiny, and controversy ever since. This is part four of our deep dive into Alan Moore's Twilight of the Superheroes, The Greatest Comic Story Never Told. Last week, I promised that this week we would get into the story of Twilight of the Superheroes. And... I worked diligently to find a way that I thought made sense to present you guys what the story is in the pitch document Alan Moore lays the story out in a way that's quasi-readable um <laughs> because there's a lot of like you know anecdotes or things that he throws in and it's not necessarily told in an order that allows for shock or reveals and things like that So I tried to take what he wrote and put it in a narrative that's clean.
3: Sean, you did some deep internet searching, didn't you?
1: I really, really, really did. You know how I know?
3: Go ahead. One of the images you sent me is a non-animated GIF image.
1: (laughs) Yo, that (laughs) was was so weird.
3: I was like, I was like, like, wait, what? I haven't seen one of these in forever. Back when I was making HTML pages for Neopets,
2: like, wait. A non-animated a what? GIF image, GIF file format. They were not animated before? Oh my god. Oh this man. is this is 90s internet. Huh.
1: Your your internet wouldn't have been able to handle that at the time, yeah. you know? <laughs> um so Tyler, as as Tyler alluded to, I actually was able to find several more images of characters from this book drawn by creators that Alan Moore has worked with. And we will be showing you guys those here as we go forward. The way we're going to handle this is a little different than we have been, so bear with me. Um, But without further ado, here we go. The story begins in a bar in 1987 New York. John Constantine drinks alone with a bitter, angry look on his face. In walks a gorgeous blonde who beelines for Constantine and asks him for a light. We then flash back to early as Constantine speaks to Rip Hunter, who tells him that he's from the future. To prove this, Rip tells John several things he could only know by learning them from Constantine himself. Rip tells John about the horrors of this dystopian nightmare he escaped from and how John from the future actually helped. Rip Escape, and sent his list John's help. Convinced, John agrees to use his connections with a variety of superheroes within the superhero community to warn them about this future in hopes that their actions can prevent it from ever coming to pass. We jump once again, this time, to the future. It's 1995, and society is crumbling. A conglomerate of villains decide it's time to make their play for world domination and unleash a vicious attack the Justice League decides they're done playing cat and mouse games with the world's supervillains and go on the offensive in order to not only shut out, shut down this campaign, but eradicate the threat of supervillains the world over. They enlist the aid of superheroes across the spectrum, and it works. It works so well that it shows the assembled group of heroes just how powerful they can be when they work together and convinces them that their combined force is the only way to protect an uncertain vulnerable world united and paranoid the heroes decide to push forward a motion to outlaw all aliens from earth a majority of heroes back this leading to a schism among their ranks with groups like the titans backing away from the superhero community and the green lanterns banished due to their powers coming from alien technology and being governed by the guardians now i'm gonna stop tyler whenever i say the name Of a character, if you have an image for them, just show it, okay? Okay, gotcha. Some years later, the superhero community has splintered into houses, with the most prominent being the houses of Steel and Thunder. Superman and Superwoman's son, Superboy, is set to wed the daughter of Captain Marvel and Mary Marvel, Mary Jr. This is not a wedding happening as a result of young love the two houses seek to merge in order to use their combined might against the remaining houses and rule over what's left after the war. As the wedding date approaches, both families are in states of turmoil. Superman and Wonder Woman fear what will happen when they can no longer keep their son's tendency towards sadism and cruelty a secret and what might happen after he marries Mary Jr. They're also concerned about their daughter Supergirl, who has yet to find a suitor and Captain Marvel Jr. has little interest in her. This is, of course, because he's having an affair with Mary Marvel.
4: No, that's right.
1: Ew. Some Game of Thrones shit. Which has been easy for them to keep hidden from the Captain because of his aloof behavior. Captain Marvel still struggles with his duality and prefers to spend his time in his human form, Billy Batson, whose mind ages but whose body remains that of a child what Ooh, interesting wrinkle oh you don't know (laughs) while mary marvel and captain marvel jr have long given up their human forms things have changed of late though as the captain seems to be kinder gentler and more his family even if he avoids visiting old friends like talky tawny mind you everything that i say I'm saying for a reason. So all of this, it's a story. All of this connects. The impending wedding worries the other primary houses. Houses of Titans and Justice chief among them. Nightwing, the cold, embittered, and ruthless leader of the Titans house, reaches out to the House of Justice leadership and even the House of Secrets, comprised of villains who manage to skirt the villain purge in hopes of forming an alliance of their own. They mutually realize the threat that emerged House of Steel and Thunder represent, so they agree to work together to shut them down and divvy up what's left of America between themselves. On screen, we're showing a rendition of Nightwing from this uh, from from Twilight of the Superheroes. Wow! Yes, and so this was actually drawn by uh jh williams and mick gray wow yes I can see that someone that you said that yeah yeah you can see it right yep um it's it's for those of you who are only listening it's nightwing uh perched atop what appears to be something that should make us think about the statue of liberty but isn't actually i don't think um it's holding a flag that is representative of the Teen Titans. It's not the Nightwing we know. He's much more um, uh, covered up. I would say he's got some kind of a a mask or a visor on, something of it that. Looks like a luchador actually, mask. Yeah, yeah he rem- yeah. <laughs> kind of reminds me Booyah of gosh. Hawkeye from Ultimates Three. Weird huh. pull, but that's what I'm. That's what I'm blind spot for me. me. Sorry, it should be. <laughs> uh, you guys with me so far?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think okay. so. Yeah.
1: All right. Awesome.
3: Uh, we'll continue. I got questions, but I want to get the full. Oh picture, yeah, yeah.
2: The, Oh and, yeah. And the House of Justice, where it was the like the JSA characters, right?
1: The Justice League holdovers. Oh so, okay. okay. Yeah. And I would imagine JSA as well, probably, but that he doesn't get that specific. Okay. Um. Moving on, we shift over to the barrio where the retired superheroes and superhero adjacent characters have made their home. It's a poor place with little hope to be found, and many of the locals spend their time at Sandy's, the primary bar within the barrio, run by Sandra Knight, once known as Phantom Lady. Patrons include characters like Blackhawk, who is preparing an army of young men to become Blackhawks as well and take the fight to the primary houses. Hmm. So we also have an image of Blackhawk, which I was very surprised uh to see. Uh this is by Timothy Truman. Uh Truman uh created a cover for Miracle Man. That's the that's the connective tissue. Oh yeah I can see this too yeah Use and then the it's worth pointing telling... out uh JH Williams and Mick Gray were working with Alan Moore on Promethea. Yep. Uh, so oh that's okay. the, the connective tissue on that one. Um, this version I don't know Blackhawk. I'm not I've never I don't I can't think of ever having seen Blackhawk. All there was a Lady no Blackhawk
3: that I think is more more prevalent in, in modern continuity. That was on Birds I've, of Fray.
1: Yeah. That character I've seen.
2: They're like uh, – it's like a part of the military stuff because um, yeah. they were uh, not alongside – what's-his-face? Um, oh, I'm forgetting what it is. They were like
3: JSA contemporaries, I believe.
2: Yeah, but I, yeah. I think from like a – they're from quality comics. So like they 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 came in and later got incorporated into DC –
1: and and in this uh, iteration, Blackhawk is struggling, I guess, with his his history of war or his history of violence, mm. and he has decided that he's going to conscript young young men, like boys, into an army, um, because he can't he can't let go of what he's been through, and he's tired of the superheroes, so he just wants to, you know, sure. burn it all down. Damn. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with here. Um, moving forward. Another important regular is Plastic Man, who has taken on a job as a prostitute. No. Could be whatever you want, baby. He's a lovable guy who uses his abilities to keep himself looking youthful, although signs of deterioration are visible beneath his clothes. (laughs) He is the only employee of Seductive Winks Escort Agency, and his top client is Kathy Kane, who pays handsomely for his company.
3: Yo, he's the
1: human fleshlight. I don't like that I
3: mean Keep that someone yeah. with that power set that seems like a realistic right? you know, uh career track like if if somebody had those powers in real life, they would not be Reed Richards. they'd probably be this guy. <laughs> you know this is just post superhero comics. This is
1: classic Alan Moore and there are descriptions for a lot of characters that we might not necessarily get to, but I think more often than not, I was like, wow, that makes sense. On Morse' part, the trajectory. This is the one you picked. <laughs> um, while well, there are others as well, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it's it, everything I'm saying is important. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't have an image for this. I wish I had. Yeah, <laughs> I could draw one real quick. <laughs> so I will continue now. It's here at Sandy's, where John Constantine, a man who lives largely the same as he always did, making his way by getting over on people and putting that silver tongue to work. Plots a scheme of his own. He's been spending his time of late reaching out to various patrons at the bar, but also using his connections to reach high up the food chain, even having personal access to Captain Marvel himself. He's made allies with nearly all the prominent figures within the superhero community, and they all believe him to be a friend. Constantine has found happiness in this dystopian world, essentially married to a woman he's been with for 15 years. He can't accept the state of the world, though, and feels compelled to do what he can to change it. Constantine's persistence eventually leads him to a meeting with a secret cabal led by none other than Batman, who alongside The Shadow, Doc Savage, and Tarzan have come up with a plan to eliminate all superheroes from Earth. Tarzan? Tarzan.
3: The Shadow and Doc Savage? Yes, this is the uh the
1: Didio thing that he was talking. The about. first wave, yes. First wave, yeah. Yes. Thought I'm so glad you said that. This reminded me of first wave. This is yeah. it, it. It literally was uh Batman, Doc Savage, and I think the Shadow was there as well. So it is a similar uh idea. I think mm, I don't. I, mm, yeah, you might be right. Just no Tarzan.
3: Which no, 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 no. They could have remember. because that's public yeah. domain. So I don't know why they didn't. But yeah, yeah. So um. Not a very huh. it's not a very powerful group though. Like <laughs> I, I there's on a power face. set, like it's cool, but like okay. Yeah.
1: Well, uh if you want a good plan, as we know, Batman's the guy to go to, right? True. Mm-hmm. Constantine promises to help them in their mission however he can. Meanwhile, the question an underpaid investigator who has little left in life other than finding answers searches the burial for information about a murder he's obsessed with solving. Involving a little person who appears to have been killed by a six foot six prostitute. Now, little person is my verbiage. That's not what Moore used. Hmm. Oh, okay. I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what's going on with the question.
2: Interesting. Okay. This
1: far, and and but we know of only one prostitute at the moment. There's a lot of prostitutes. <laughs> there. Are, so it's worth me pointing out. Uh, Marco brings up a good point. There are a lot of prostitutes in the barrio. It's mostly prostitutes, panhandlers, drunks, Mm. um, people who are superhero or superhero adjacent, but who've kind of like given up in life, lost their way, things like that. Become vagrants. Yeah, it's like Amsterdam. Um, It's a
3: strange... uh, I can't tell what Alan Moore's opinion on sex work is. (laughs) It's either he's pairing them up with these you know, the the bottom of society or he's a big fan, so I can't tell.
1: I think it's probably both. both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think Adam or Adam, I don't think Alan Moore um, has a feeling, a negative feeling about poor people. Yeah, no, definitely not. He's just, It just is. It just is, exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. he's using it to show yeah. how the yeah. world has deteriorated. Right. This is like the last vestige of you know, people um, in general yeah who who know what the world was like and how good things were and how good they personally had it Mm. um i'll make a quick aside actually about characters you all will probably be interested in green arrow and black canary um they've retired as superheroes they live in the barrio but they've run an underground like newspaper um where they're disseminating the truth about what's really happening in the world Mm. and the question helps them by giving them information that he comes across during his uh
3: Sean. One big question mark for for me is and, and feel free to to stop me. But where's Lois Lane in all this?
1: Oh uh Lois Lane is nowhere, I don't think. Yeah, it just seems like not. like like
3: that would be a good spot for her, but like she's not with Superman. Like it seems like a big question mark there that's not addressed.
1: But yeah, I, I, I can't recall a reference to Lois Lane. Okay. If I find one I'll, I'll that
3: alone imagine. is interesting in in, in itself. The complete lack yeah. of her, too. Yeah. That's a complete uh, uh, disillusion of the humanity of Superman in a way.
1: I'm almost done. So let me just get through this last bit. Uh, with the wedding only days away, Constantine learns of yet another plot developing in the shadows. The alien races who've been exiled from Earth, including the House of Lanterns, which now exists on a moon of Mars, fear the possibilities of the Houses of Steel and Thunder combining and how their desire for power might extend beyond Earth, creating a grave situation for the galaxy and beyond. Any approach would be seen coming a mile away by the likes of Superman. But luckily for the aliens, they have an ace in the hole. Adam Strange.
3: I can get in and out by the Zeta beam. Oh... And and
2: we know that the the Ron the the Rainian, and the Thanagarians are the on the side of the lanterns. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Tyler, you missed that one last week. The Ron and oh, the I watched. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> they teamed up. So, um, but you could also do that with magic, considering Constantine's there, right? He's not going to be able to, to see through that kind of stuff. Whoa.
1: And we do have an image of Adam Strange on the screen. Uh, this one was actually drawn by, um, uh, 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 sorry, I think it was, yeah, it was Gil Kane. Yes, it was Gil Kane uh, who did Adam Strange. I... It's it's a pretty like quintessential yeah. Adam Strange type of image. Doesn't really look like it's informed by. You know, the times they're in as much, but Adam Strange is kind of that type of character, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Gil Kane's connection to Alan Moore is that he drew the Wild West segments in Alan Moore's Supreme and in Judgment Day, which was Alan Moore's aborted attempt to revamp Awesome Comics universe. So, yeah, I think it looks great. This was my favorite one. This and the Nightwing one, I think. Mm. Um, and then I, I did want to point out for the uh for the the Marvel Family one that was by Don Simpson and Don Simpson worked with Alan Moore on Pictopia in 1963. So that though is where the story will stop for this week. I I we still have more story. There's the, the still the other half of the story to go. And I still want to talk about the real life part of all this which we still mm. haven't touched on there's a lot to go but um we've got, i've got a few more characters to show before we close out and I did want to answer questions that you guys might have had so i think we'll show those characters off and then we'll get into the questions so the next character is kong gorilla kong gorilla yes now yeah, this was a character that... yeah. i didn't even I don't, I don't even know who that is. At first, I thought it was um, Gorilla Grodd, and I was like, yes, come on, let's go. Um, but unfortunately, it is not. Uh, Kong Gorilla is Congo Bill, um, and it says uh, he eventually decided to stay in the body of a gorilla forever and is now quite a wealthy and successful local businessman. A golden gorilla wearing a business suit and even managing to talk just about recognizably, even if some of it has to be done in sign language. Um, and there's more information. He's not really a prominent character, but we had this image, so I did want to share it. I thought this one was badass. It looks yeah, really good. Cool, dude. He's holding yeah. up a skeleton and everything or a dying person.
3: The the trope of uh, adventurer turned gorilla is ever present in comics. So... Uh, this was DC's version of it. I think uh, Gorilla Man is Marvel's version. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, very yeah, we'll almost this, one to
2: one. Yeah, But this guy in Justice League Dark ASAP. I believe this guy was a villain. Actually, like
3: tells me he was a villain. I feel like I, I, imagine, I remember seeing him in, uh, like Legion of Doom that that big Jim Lee splash page. You know, he
1: uh, he's a villain in this story as well. Okay. Not oh, okay. he is not a, he's not a player like that, but. Um, He is a villain. He runs a a, a criminal organization. And the body that he's actually holding is himself. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I don't know Congo Bill, but it appears that Congo Bill, like, can can be in the body of the gorilla, but that at some point they were separated, I guess. And the body is Congo Bill's body that Congo gorilla is holding.
3: Gotcha. I always thought it was like a transformation thing, but it's Alan Moore. Who knows? I, I think thought the idea so too,
1: but it, it seems like more is... Yeah, the idea of
3: separating up. them but then being the same person is very big Alan Moore brain stuff. So Yeah.
1: So, so Alan said, unable to bring himself to kill it outright, Kongorilla keeps the shackled and naked old man in special rooms at his apartment, feeds it garbage, and hopes it will die soon, but it doesn't. It just lays in the corner and snarls weakly when he enters and fixes him with its ancient glaring eyes as he gives it its food.
3: I have a question specifically about Kongorilla, though. Imagine you're the editor at DC Comics. Alan Moore gives you this huge pitch, and, like, is a part of it. Like, what, what are you thinking? Like... <laughs> Like, really, like, Alan, we
1: need to, we need to, we need to pare this down a little bit. His, his role is so minimal that he won't get another mention from me. Um, he's not, he's just not a, uh, not relevant. Who's the artist on this one, Tron? So this one is Stephen R. Bissette. Uh Bissett uh, worked with yep. Alan Moore on Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing. Yeah. in 1963, so. Oh, shit. Yeah.
3: I do like um, all, his, all, his, all his buddies, you know, have his, they're doing art for this.
1: Yeah. And so it's worth pointing out, I don't know the full story behind this because again, we're going old internet, but I believe that these were actually all commissioned by the same person. Oh, the same interesting. individual okay. reached out to these creators specifically and asked them if they would do these renditions for money.
2: Hold on, I think
1: I think I have cuz this uh, I I just googled Congo Gorilla,
2: Congo Bill, and it's a gold gorilla. Yeah. And yeah. I think I have an annual from Swamp Thing with Bassette and
1: more. Hold on, give
2: me a second. With Congorilla? With Congarilla. Oh,
1: on, that's so cool. It would also explain why this is so good. Because this one is very detailed. Yeah, cool. yeah. From a detail standpoint, it's probably the best one. Nothing like a gorilla smoking a cigar. With a dead <laughs> well, a almost dead body <laughs> in his hands, yeah. Cradling a uh, a corpse. Um we've got a couple more the next the next one is horrifying <laughs> yo so the next one is doll man and so doll man is dealing with an issue where his constant size changing has taken a toll on his body leaving him insect-like and lacking human intelligence and so he's like really long his limbs are long and very creepy he's only six I, I believe he's six Feet, but it's like in, it's in his it's in his legs and arms it's length yeah yeah and if you can see it it's really disturbing uh, if you're if you're a podcast only listener i highly encourage you uh to find the to get the youtube video of this and we've always got the timestamps. jump over to this part and see this because it's really weird
3: In the idea of this being a natural uh uh i guess End point for a guy whose abil- his ability is to, sh- you know, turn small. Right. Um, is creepy. <laughs>
1: <It really laughs> is. You know, this
3: guy was part of like, a, what, what was it? Uh, Freedom Force, I believe. Uncle Sam's
1: team. Oh, um, Uncle Sam is another relevant yeah. character. Here oh, I I, I, uh, Alan Al Moore loves Uncle Sam. <laughs> he said that was his favorite character to write in all of the... T- yeah. Um,
2: um, I yeah. couldn't find it, but... I'm going to post it in the Discord because I know I have it.
1: Awesome. Who, who yeah, drew like this, one, this one? Yeah, so this one is by uh, John Toddleben. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yep. Also, he's he's uh, so Bissett was the penciler
2: uh, and Toddleben was the inker on Swamp Thing.
1: Okay. And so Tuttlebin worked on Swamp Thing, as, as Marco pointed out. Also, Miracle Man and 1963. Yep. So, uh, very cool. Wait, who is this guy? Dull man. It's a freedom yeah, this force. <laughs> Whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last character that we have to show off here is Dead Man, Ooh. who is now an amalgamation of himself and Baron Winter. Winter's mind has long been burned out in a psychic battle, leaving an empty shell that Dead Man has taken refuge in. So on screen we do have that. Um it's it's a it's a weird concept. Um he's, I don't know much about, about either
2: he's he's done apparently... in the past, um where oh this is cool. This is Rick Veitch.
1: Yes, nail yeah. one.
2: Yep. Um also Swamp Thing Collaborator. Um and has gone to do other stuff. Uh Aquaman's a really good run that he has, but uh, dead man, like, has done this in the past, where he will incorporate or incorporate himself into a body and like take it over. Um, there's a six issues of a crossover with t- the Challengers of the Unknown and uh, Swamp Thing as well, where he incorporates, he goes into the body of Swamp Thing, um, and they think that they're teaming up with this character, but it's really Boston brand like guiding and doing everything so that he can communicate with them for some sort of like force mm. that's that they have to fight together.
3: I like how Marco doesn't know the original use of a, of a gift file format, but he could just say, Oh, that's Rick Vage, you know, like
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> easy. So now before we close, um, you guys said you had questions. What are your questions?
3: Uh, I mean, I have questions that I don't. Th- I don't think you can answer. Uh, mostly, like th- these seem to be like Baron Winters. Like he is, he is scraping the bottom of the DC barrel for a lot of these character points. And, and part of me wonders, like, is this he's touched too on much? All of these though,
2: like he, he all of these were previous characters sure, that he yeah. touched and played with. So like he's he's pulling from his sandbox,
3: if anything. But like w- when I look at pitches, you know, I and mean, I've written pitches for stuff before. This seems very involved, <laughs> um, at least what's out there. Almost like too much where I like I can see this being so big and so intricate that I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. As an editor, I'd be like, all right, it's too much. We can't do that. Uh, and also like it's a little weird is its is choices.
1: Um, I think in, in the case of this particular pitch document, it exists more. It's a it's a ramble. It's sure. it's a way for more to get all his thoughts about it and all his concepts into one document and then work from there. I'm pretty sure, based on having read the whole thing, that uh Deadman, Kong Gorilla, Doll Man wouldn't have had any story in relevance that, yeah. other than just being in the barrio and maybe having like a speaking moment where oh yeah, haha. Uh I have uh if you're con gorilla, haha, I have. You know, a dude in my in my apartment that's dying. You know, like, things this, like that. But we wouldn't actually spend yeah. much time with those. Things.
3: It's more like when you got the old Star Wars cantina people action figures and they had all the backstories on the back of the the action figure pack.
1: And it's important to remember, this is supposed to be the end of DC. Yeah. So he's saying goodbye to all the characters for the most part with a special um, attention paid to characters that he actually likes. mm so you'll notice, like no, uh, no actual Supergirls here. Only the daughter of Superman and Superwoman, who is Wonder Woman. Um, that's Supergirl. There's no uh, what's her name, Kara Kent. That she's not part of this. The
3: um, the other thing too that I, I I'm wondering is like, you know, I mentioned you know uh, first strike or whatever. That's that's what it was, right? Yeah. Um, first wave. First, first wave. wave. How many i i like i'm i'm wondering how many dc events subsequent to this pitch have existed because of this being a an idea in you know the 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 comic book fandom that has been just absorbed into like the consciousness of everyone that it's just like this has been the seed that's grown in a lot of different events going forward like even even the fact that you know like it sounds like a DC civil war too at the beginning there, you know, uh, that, that caused, you know, like, like the registration of aliens and kicking them out. Like, could that have been the impetus for a Marvel idea? You know, like we'll never know because it's just not how ideas work. Um, but this just seems like a primordial goop of event comics, really Mm -hmm. even more so than, you know, crisis on infinite earths.
1: Yeah. I think that, um, Heroes fighting heroes is something that Alan Moore probably wasn't too riveted by sure as a general concept. But I think when you add in all the the sort of, as you said, primordial goop elements of it that stand the test of time because we've seen them for all time. Yeah. God's fought, you know we we yeah. when you read about yeah. those mythological characters, you see a lot of battles and. Whether, th- whether they're detailed in the way that a comic book script would be, you know that these wars are are, are occurring. And so I think Alan Moore is really extrapolating from that. Um, but but to your point, especially as we go forward, there is a remarkable amount of things that happen in the intervening 30-plus years yeah. in comics
3: from yeah. this. And in, in my curiosity is, is that just because of just you know, just us and and writers just getting the same ideas through like message boards or just like part of the consciousness. Or like does DC just go to this occasionally? Because they would have the rights to this pitch, right? If they had it somewhere in a draw, could they be like, Oh, this sounded good. You know, let's here's pull, something we pull can take this out idea, of Yeah. And like dissect it. Like I don't I don't know if that's a possibility.
2: Oh, well, you said that and Sean had a cheeky smile, so I don't
3: know. I I'm sure kidding. that's what Alan Moore thinks.
1: I'm sure that that's going to be the topic of the next edition Oof. of Twilight of the Superheroes. Uh, a me D-D- getting
3: ahead of you. It came in, it came in handy for once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm really curious if you guys enjoyed the presentation of the story this way. Um, I chose to write it out. I just felt like that would work better. Um, I enjoyed it so i want to know if that worked for you if that presentation worked for you guys you know are you still on the hook and what questions do you have i would love it if by the end of this we had a bunch of listener questions that we could just tackle if they've not yet been answered by our weekly series so Hmm. um yeah tyler marco are you the read there
3: I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, especially the way you described it, not really being cohesive or coherent. <laughs> um, you yeah. did that, so yeah, yeah. They piece it together. Um, I mean, this is this
2: has been hyped in just the concept and the structure,
3: mm-hmm. um, but to like now have it play out, I think, yeah, that's really cool. I wonder if we can get someone on the show who might have worked on DC comic events and throw this idea to them to. See if they have any opinions on this
1: story okay oh, I mean, really on the story itself
3: yeah yeah uh, or, or has you know any familiarity with it mean, more if only on the we podcast had, that's it if only we had a creator coming on the show that would probably definitely know about this but
1: I would feel so weird asking Jeff Johns about this <laughs> I, would, I just I don't know why but I would just feel so weird. I'm curious, but I don't know if I'm curious enough to ask, and that might change in the uh,
3: just the, maybe, know, uh, days. we could do some off the air stuff, you know? Yeah, that's
1: true too. Uh, Atomic Hound says, "Is the reason so many fictional futures are dystopian really a call now to keep us moving forward?" Um, do you mean, do you mean that the point of them is to force us to think about what could happen if we keep doing the wrong things? because if that's what you mean I'm pretty sure that's the case yeah, I, I think, think the, that's per- just, yeah. the best example of that is Terminator 2 that's literally what that movie's about and it functions similarly to Twilight of the Superheroes in that it shows us um the life we're living and how that's not that great anyway but then it also shows where things will go f-
3: yeah. I think that's just dystopia in general like I think of like yeah. Soylent Green that movie like, uh, it's just like, all right, this is the the ultimate end of what our real, our current reality could be. Exactly. Let's not get there because it ain't good looking, you know. It's so, a
1: warning. Yeah. yeah, it's a warning. And thank you for the compliment. I'm glad you felt it was excellent, Atomic. Next week, be interviewing Jeff Johns. Saturday, April 1st, 4 p.m. Eastern. Or, I'm sorry, Wow. Well, well, 1, 1 p.m. p.m. Eastern. Yeah. My apologies. 1 p.m. Eastern. It will be live. We will be live with Jeff Johns. I hope that you guys decide to come and, you know, check that out. Come ready with your questions. You really should submit them beforehand if you would like a chance at the Jeff Johns Geiger giveaway, which you can enter by really simply being a Twitch and YouTube uh, subscriber. Well, a YouTube subscriber, a Twitch follower. Submit your question before the day. So April or rather March 31st is the cutoff day. Yeah. If, you're, if your question or comment comes in after that, I will no longer be considering them for the episode.
3: And also, like, Junkyard Joe will be done by the time we talk to him next week. So if you, if you guys, you know, uh, have been looking for a reason to read it, it'll be completed. You can pick up all the issues. Um, or if you have been reading it, if you got questions on that, because I think a lot of it's going to be talking about Junkyard Joe, too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Come prepared to to hear us talk about Junkyard Joe. I think we'll do. You know, we'll obviously talk more about the John's hits. Plenty of questions. Yeah, yeah. we didn't even yeah. scratch the surface last time. Yeah, exactly. Um, we will, we will, uh, we will need your help to to combat the Snyder bots who allegedly will be flooding us that day. We'll see if that really Short happens. I think I got it under control. I think I think we'll be okay. Good. Yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. We're really excited about it. As you could probably tell. Other ways to support the show, of course, patreon.com slash pals. If you enjoy what we do, if you enjoy these deep dives, if you enjoy our long-form conversations, showing your support means a lot to us. That's the best way to do it. It's a direct uh, sign of your support and your interest in what we do, and it helps us continue to do what we do and actually to expand. Um, And you guys will continue to see some of that expansion as we go forward. We appreciate everybody who chooses to support that way. Short of that, Showing up for the live streams helps. Telling your friends helps. Liking our stuff helps. Sharing it, tweeting it helps. All that stuff's great. Appreciate every single person who chooses to do those things. We've got a book club coming out on April 4th. Far Sector, be there for that. Tom King, Mitch Jared's, uh, 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 who am I missing? Doc Shayner on Strange Adventures. Listen to that book club. That's out now. That yep. was a hot fire one. Give that a listen. Lugs, Marco.
2: Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of The Comics Pals. You can follow me at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. I have restarted watching romance anime. And so please come talk to me about your thoughts and opinions on your favorites, uh, love at large, and slice of life, because I'm into that shit right now. I just started My Dress Up Darling, and it's cute as fuck. You're what? My Dress Up Darling. And it's what the hell cute. Is that? Uh, it's good stuff. Um, really good animation. The story so far is uh, really cute. And um, I'm afterwards gonna be watching. I think maybe Rent a Girlfriend. I I, I got to figure that one out. It's between that one or like one other. But we'll we'll see. Come talk to me about
3: romance anime, regardless. Uh, you can follow me at the Tyler Olson on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, talk to me about Diablo Four because I've been playing that beta. And oh boy, that's fun.
1: I gotta get in on that.
3: It's open right now, it's open weekend.
1: I've only played Diablo like once, (sighs) I played like Diablo 2 once with a friend.
3: You're gonna get a Diablo finger though. Like, my hands are already hurting, like, it's not even the full release of the game, and I'm already getting cramped
1: up. I'm old. I don't know, dude. When you pull uh, when you pull uh, kill Jaden. 300 plus times <laughs> in World of Warcraft. Yeah. I'm immune to the gaming True, finger. Yeah. Like, I don't know why, but I'm good. They you know, like anchor like, arms
3: for a hand.
2: They don't have like uh, mice that are optimized for that kind of shit? Or you can like.
3: Well, fair. Diablo can be played on a controller. And the beta is out on PlayStation and PC, I believe, uh, and, and Xbox as well. So mm-hmm. that's, that's throwing that ear away, Marco, if you have any consoles that you want to play it on. The Switch. Not on the Switch. Oops. Actually,
1: I think it will be coming the Switch. I don't know. I think it's releasing on Switch. I don't know if the... Yeah, I don't think it made is the on, on there. Switch. Oh, okay. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram only, at Sean Soapbox. I've been thinking a lot about um, Alan Moore lately, and I think that my my perspective on him might be changing. So Negative I'm, or positive? Um, We'll talk about that in the future. Okay. But uh, so, yeah, if you've got Alan more thoughts, share those with me. I'm really excited for Jeff Johns. and can't wait for that. So uh, that's what I'm focused on. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really, really appreciate you. Uh, Your love and support means the world to us. And we are looking forward to celebrating next week when we have Jeff Johns on the show. I'm looking forward to a very, very fun episode. So join us for that. Until then, we are the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See, See you next week. Oh no, oh, oh, we can't meet. Oh,
3: we didn't. We didn't plan that. Who was gonna do no, that? we right. did it. Whatever. That's Bye. Fine. Bye.